Star Trek the motion picture. Oh, I forget the name of that instrument, it. but I got to watch a video of the guy it's probably playing the tension that instrument. You got on yours. It's pretty cool. You hear my Star Wars blasters? <laughs> now it's kind of sounding like uh, Star Trek the motion picture. And now we're doing music. That's Musical right. theater of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Interpretive music. Ooh, geek Shock like interpretive music. Like the HU. A Geek Shock interpretive musical. Boom. Now we need some throat singing. <laughs> and then we roll into some kind of, um, uh, I know, Lion King. No, live action Lion King. This is music. when the posh scat comes in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that. God. See, we do have talent. Somewhere. I don't know. We have more talent in our little fingers than, well, actually, I'm not going to go there. Because <laughs> it's probably not true. Oh. 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 Cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone. That's right. Cell phone. Silence your cell phones, kids. I uh, was watching uh, Critical Role. I'll talk about this in the show, but. Thinking of you, Todd, because uh, this guy, Bren- Brennan, he uh, pretty good, actually, very good uh, DM. He made this funny joke. There's like this stink. So, so far, I've heard pretty good joke, pretty good DM, and he thought yeah. of me. I'm already pretty happy. There you this. go. And there's You've like this, never run a game. Not for you guys. There's a Sphinx who's appearing uh. at this uh, uh, like uh, uh, parade. Mm-hmm. and they're like talking to him the things he can do to entertain the crowds and it's like roar and so at one point um somebody comes walking in while the group is talking and then it's like uh sir the uh the sphinx is uh he's uh pitching alts in his roar in the back room and they're all laughing and i'm just like what the hell does that mean i had to look it up i don't even know what that means what does that mean pitching alts what Pit- um I don't know what it means. <laughs> hey, that, that's a good story. Yeah, that is an excellent like, story. It had a beginning, a middle. Yeah. It had an arc. Pitching alts is working heroes. octaves. You know, I was just thinking about like we we yeah. never actually made it to our game when I came to visit you in, mm-hmm. in Indiana that one time, right? Because I remember like so. I think your mom said like came in and said you, we had to go to bed. Like we we were trying. <laughs> that's how, you, we how were, old we were. We were doing like. <laughs> We were tw- we were twenty four. We were yeah. doing- <laughs> you gotta go to bed. Okay. No, this is like uh, okay, mom. Twelve, fourteen, something like that. Uh, I think s- 15, yeah. 14, 14 or fifteen. Fourteen. Wow. I went to right? I went to visit him in Indiana, and he was going through all the stuff. We were trying to get characters created, and I think we spent like a good three or four hours just doing that. Oh just God! Like, just like oh, that. Barry oh, would have hated well, that. Look at that. Barry and Deb would have hated that. that. What? Spending all your time making characters, it's fine not playing if it's the an, fucking game. Yeah. It's a fine if it's an ongoing campaign, but for one game, that's too long. Well, it's, but we were out in the TV room, and uh, you know, he had he was on his sofa, I was on my sofa. We're going through all this stuff, and then his he mom comes his out and goes, at your place? "She's like, all right, guys, time to go to yeah. bed." And we're like, "The Jeff, what? Sofa. Oh, it's like you know, midnight." Wow. So 
Man, yeah. we sat in the living room and we played till 5 a.m. And my mom was like, make sure you let the dogs out when you go to bed. Yeah, that's no, not. Ooh, 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 ooh. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shack number 646. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. And Deb. I don't know why I said it like that. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Why? You didn't steal the and credit this time. Huh? Oh, that was, that I was kept, last time. I yeah. kept telling her she just needed to add the with because with gets more than and. I, You know what? Or I, featuring. I don't know. I think uh, and is more prestigious. And oh. is more so prestigious. So starring. Yeah. Well, but see, that's with all the, the, the modern, like, uh, like the Disney Plus, all the streaming stuff when they have a huge list of, like, uh, A-list actors in it. It always seems like... And it's so and so, and then it says with, well, sure. and then you get like the final three there to like yeah. the highest paid. But it 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 yeah. But it always ends on an and. And is the yeah. The with is kind of. I mean, it is special, but it's also like the temporary. Special. Yes, it's like the guest star type. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Mm. Whereas you get the and soupy sales and okay. Samuel L. Jackson and. <laughs> Clarence Thomas. The, yeah. the with credit, oh. the with credits all the people that are on the love boat that week. Right. There you go. There you go. And this is the Deb Show. Damn it! Indeed. Exciting. And thank and you, new. dear listeners, for joining us this week. I I missed last week, obviously. Uh, sorry about that. I had. The I'm COVID. not sorry about it. COVID. Oh, what? It, it finally <clears throat> caught my ass and put me down. Uh, people, it sucks. It so. And the new variant doesn't give a shit about you. And if you've had the, uh, get boosted if you haven't. Seriously, it's 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 awful. Yeah, it's mm. it's sad that we've now reached the part because so many people are unvaccinated that they're already flat out saying like the vaccine will not prevent you most likely from getting COVID, but it will keep you from developing the worst symptoms. Yeah. So that's, and long term COVID. Yeah, usually exactly. Too. Yeah, and it just sucks that we've reached that point now. Yeah. It's well. The variants are expanding themselves faster than uh, we can keep up with it. Exactly. Than the yeah. than the Trumpers can keep up with right. it. So, but on the other hand, Todd, you sound great. Yeah, I sound sexy. You, your voice is yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still got that that uh, low COVID growl. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't go. go. Yeah, there you, you know, go. You, you I know would, I would go. Yeah. Come on now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Come on, Barry. Yeah. Barry. What is this tingling? Oh, no. ah. Barry White. Barry, very go. white. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic, because I'm the darkest one here. <laughs> yeah, but still so white. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. 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 Almost the darkest. Not not quite the darkest white guy we know. I don't know. So, COVID, take precautions, <laughs> people, if you can. Uh, take it seriously still. It's it's still a motherfucker. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's the darkest white guy we know. He'd agree. Yeah, he would. He'd laugh and be like, yeah. Yeah. So a little business up front before we continue on with the show. Business up front, Uh, party in the back. First off, the Geek Shock Book Club is currently reading The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula K. Le Guin, a classic in science fiction. Uh, Discussions of that will be opening up very, very soon, but uh, I've started about a third of the way through it and really enjoying it. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I... I get wary with classic sci-fi. I know. Because... You never sympathize with the characters. It's very dry. It is. You just don't a like it. A lot of times. This one isn't, though. No, well, it's Lugin. She doesn't yeah. She doesn't do dry. Is that how you say Lugin? Lugin. 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 Set the stage this for those Lugin. of us who aren't really usually sci-fi readers anymore. Uh, this one is about a guy that when he goes into REM sleep and does a deep dream, 
he changes the fabric of reality on Earth. Is he on Earth? Yes. This is this is a future Earth. Okay. Uh, but uh, there is a doctor that is also taking advantage of him and trying to change the world for the better and not doing a great job of it. It almost sounds like a mixture of fantasy sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly. That's, it, it tinges on the edge, but it is, yeah. it's near future sci-fi and a guy that can inadvertently, unconsciously manipulate the world, but someone who can manipulate his dreams is actually manipulating the world. So uh, pretty good so far, but again, only a third of the way through it. Uh, but I'm sure it's a classic for a reason. So we begin discussions on the Facebook page on the 8th, and now, oh, you wonderful Kofi members, we've had a lot of discussion about the whiskey golem, the, the, the miniature, the... The horsecat. The Horsca. largest miniature, if I can use that, those words together. How large uh, is this miniature? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's still not very big. It's a miniature. It's bigger but, than a miniature, but smaller than a bigature? Uh, yes, it's, it's double the size of any of the ones we've given away thus far. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay, so... Uh, so Twice substantial, the size, but same still great small. Price. Still, still going to be in a little box when it gets to you. Uh, but speaking against you, it's time to give it away. <gasps> give it so, away. Give it away. So give it, it is away, that time. Yo. So all Kofi members, tier three and above, are in uh, the uh, the bag o names that I have brought with me. Oh, okay. And the winner of the whiskey golem, the coveted whiskey golem, mm. I highly coveted. coveted. Okay, Kenton Miller. Kenton Miller! Kenton Miller! Congratulations, Kenton, on the Whiskey Golem. I have chosen the next mini. I will be posting that up on the uh, Discord so uh, the Kofi members, you can see uh, what's next on the giveaway. Congratulations, Kenton, on being named Kenton. That's a good name. It's a goddamn yeah, good name. It's a good, good name. name. Barry's a shitty name. I like Barry. It's no. a good name. It's just attached to the wrong guy. You can eat some shit. Anyway, Barry's a terrible name. It really is. Kenton, that's a strong name. What do you have against Barry? I don't like it. It's a I don't like him either, but... Name. Not hit me. Shut up. I know. Why you couldn't have it be, 20 wh- names. Why, why couldn't he you... be called Jonathan or you... Duke I am. or I am. Wayne? That's, I am. That, that's why he's saying those I, things. I have like, so you're... many names, but my primary <laughs> name is kind of... It's yeah. lame. It's you you have 20 name. names to lame pick name. from, and you choose to still go by Barry. Everyone knows me like Barry. It's like my cat. Everyone knows my cat by Bartimaeus, but his full is... Not Barty. It, my it cat's is name Barty. is not Barty. Now, now I'm calling my cat Kenton. Um, <laughs> well, Kenton. Catton. Kenton. I thought you. I thought you named your cat asshole because that's what you always call him yes. when I'm around. That is true. That's Technically, what? his his name is the Baron Vladimir Bartimaeus Daragothith Harkonnen, aka Mister Poopy Butthole, aka Hey Asshole, Quit Meowing, Leave Jeff Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or hey, he's like, hey, dipshit! It's not your dinner time yet. <laughs> so, so he calls the cat asshole. Does he call mm-hmm. his asshole cat? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't uh, often damn. refer he's to it. Sits there squirming in his chair. Ah, uh, the kitty's itchy. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really disturbing. <laughs> no, no, Kirsten. Not, not to mention highly inappropriate. I, because I was taught how to wipe. Oh, yeah. So you wipe the kitty. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I don't, Especially from I the don't. person who literally locks the door when he goes to the bathroom every time. Because it's my time. <laughs> and he it's will, my time. He will in not there. talk to you 
He will not talk to you at all. Like, don't have conver- Don't have conversation. The house with me. could be on fire. Yeah, and Fuck I'm it. yelling at him through the door, and he will not respond. Let there it fucking burn. Except, <laughs> except when he has to crank it open and goes, Deb, can you get me some kitty wipe? <laughs> kitty no, needs to be wiped. That's why you always bring you always bring your phone with you. So in case of emergencies, <laughs> I can text someone like, Could you please deliver yes. something? Can you leave it at the door? <laughs> to the door yeah. and walk the <laughs> yes, fuck away. Leave it at the door and walk away. Yeah, there you go. Because that's my That's time. okay. Barry, what are you hiding in there? I know. <laughs> Boop. Hey, man. That's true. Hey, I have to say, I have to say, every girl I've dated who, you know, wouldn't let me be in the bathroom when she did her business. What the? Are you, are you asking for that? Don't trust her. Don't. What? Well, Is there something to, wrong with that? <laughs> yes. I had to get in the habit of closing the door when they moved in because yeah, when, really. when it was just me living here, yeah, well, I go. never closed the doors to any of the bathrooms. Hell, don't even use a bathroom. <laughs> you got an insincorator. Just crouch over the sink no. and... Sorry, Kirsten. The kitchen is a sacred space. Nothing dirty goes in the kitchen. Barry goes in there all the time. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You have a point Barry there. Barry lives I, in the I, kitchen. I, 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 should, I, cor- I stand corrected. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. You just poop in the corner of the living room. <laughs> this next next sentence is going to sound really weird. Deb, next time Barry poops, let me know so I can come over. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have like a little heart to heart while we're well, in the bed. Well, that's just it. I know you're not going to respond to me. So he can say but, whatever he wants but just, to. Just so he can be on the other side of the door going, hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. There you go. Hey, Barry. You suck. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. You're dumb. Barry. Hey, Barry. <laughs> Barry. Hey, Leave Barry. me alone! It's my special time! <laughs> he poops in a corkscrew. It's just like so twisted up. <laughs> this is your fault! <laughs> now the toilet's clogged. <laughs> Sends a text. Bring some liquid plumber to the door. And then no, walk you away. Know, I shouldn't I shouldn't have any problems with the plumbing because we just had a three thousand dollar plumbing well, bill. Jesus Christ. Get a home warranty, people. It's worth it. Yikers. What do you yeah. got there? Uh, before I continue on, uh, Jake sent us a little something. Oh, Jake made this... the front page of the Evansville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. yeah. Yeah. I saw that picture. So he not only sent us a copy, but he Marked it up. Yeah, he marked it up to yeah. uh, to basically give his commentary about everything about it. Mm. So uh, thank you, Jake, for sending that to us. So we, we're uh, we're passing that around, enjoying oh, that now. I love right. the Pet Cemetery shirt he's rocking on the cover of this. <laughs> I, I true, love, true representation. I love how he had to write on there, not this article, in, and in parentheses, surprisingly, and the article is Evansville man who helped fugitives identify. <laughs> <laughs> So let's be clear. No one who uh, listens to this show helped any fugitives. Hmm. So a, a big that, that we're willing to say uh, on air. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just because uh, I brought, brought this up, uh, Jake did send a, an email. He said, hey, fuckers. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I finally moved the fuck out of this worthless shithole. They call an apartment. Yeah. Pause for cheers. Yeah. As I Hooray. was packing my stuff, I killed time binging Batman 66. Mm. So as I was enjoying all the delicious scene chewing everyone did, I started to think, who was the best scene chewer? So I posed the question to you guys. State your case as to who was the best scene chewer of Batman. I shall assign... Now, he's gonna, he's signing us as, in, in true debate form. Uh a, each role. So Torgo, he, he says, seems only fair that you get Cesar Romero as the Joker. Uh, Barry, you get Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Awesome. 
I met him. He's cool. Commander K, you get to Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Uh-huh. Uh, Maple Leaf, who is not here, gets King Tut. Oh, that Victor poor. Bruno. What? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, and of course, Deb, you get Julie Newmar as Catwoman. Oh, well. And as for Burt Ward and Adam West, ah, who cares? State your arguments, fuckers. <laughs> Wait, who do I get? Yeah. That's just it. He didn't give you anything. (laughs) (laughs) Guess you can go poop. You get the announcer. Uh, Meanwhile, at Stately Wayne Manor. That's pretty scene, Chewie. What about uh, Egghead? uh, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Ooh, you know what? Oh, yeah. He was a real. I'm. I'm going to self appoint myself I with like as Vincent Price's. <laughs> I like it. He, before I continue on, he finishes off with thanks for all you do. The cast has really brought me some good times during this shitty year. Uh, wow. Congratulations, Jake. Yay. I'm so glad yes. you're out of that shit. Get out. Yeah. And um, what's ironic is while you were saying that story, what, before you finished and said that that he actually ascribed certain people to us, I was thinking Burgess Meredith. I was thinking the Penguin. Because the penguin chewed kind of look like scenery. My God, he was just over the top. And Bert, Burgess Meredith is awesome. The parallels are uncanny between <laughs> Barry and Burgess Meredith as the penguin. <laughs> he chews scenery. <laughs> He's loud and obnoxious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't Short really need to around. go any further. Yeah, that that too. He's got a weird nose. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 um, so you. Go ahead, Barry. The Burgess Meredith. Dude, it's Burgess Meredith. Okay. It, that's it. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Rocky's trainer, man. Come yeah. on. He also chewed It's over, there, Rocky. Yeah. 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 This kid can really put the heart on you. I didn't hear no bell. I didn't know bell. No, that's, uh, that, that's no. Who is Jeff Burgess arguing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's arguing for the entire Rocky series. Yeah. No, uh, I must break you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, even though Egghead wasn't on as often as the other, uh, the villains, um, I. Vincent Price always goes full out in any role he plays. I mean, yeah. and apparently, like, he was a very, like, my dad actually met him once, uh, flew him on a plane, and he said he was just very, very nice, very polite, very soft-spoken, which just kind of shocked him because, you know, you see him in the roles. He's very yeah. loud. He's very boisterous. <laughs> he's, he projects well. He enunciates well. He brought all of that to a role that, quite frankly, is ridiculous in Batman 66. Oh, yeah. But he played it like it was the role of a lifetime. And uh, in fact, I'd have to say that about every single one of the rogues gallery in Batman 66. Yeah, they it's all hard to, to pick yeah. one out cuz I'm thinking about Caesar Romero, I'm thinking about King Tut. Wow. And d- they they were directed to play it up like that. Well, well I mean, it was yeah. The comic book, right? It was, you know. It well, yeah, it was the it was the living comic book, but also even though it had the comedic twist Burt Ward and Adam West chose to play it like it was a very serious role. So Adam West never approached it as a comedic mm-hmm. property. He Regardless it of as, that costume. Like, yeah. With the eyebrows. Yeah. Come on, well, man. So, you know, eyebrows. It, it doesn't surprise me that the, the Rose Gallery would, would do no less. You know, they're playing off of somebody who's trying to play it very straight and, yeah. you know, very serious. So it would make sense. But... In that sense, it was also very stage theatrical, very exaggerated movements, very Colorful. elaborate speeches. I mean, come on. The, the script writing in that? Yeah, it's silly. But the speeches that each of these characters gave? They were strong. They were very strong. 
There was very solid writing there. I mean, almost Shakespearean in the the complexity of the narrative, but not necessarily flat out serious uh, in the storytelling. Uh, Although I, I, Shakespearean in complexity, yeah, that's I think that's a, that's a little stretchy. Yeah, it's a stretch. Well, it's Steve stretch. Biggs would would argue against that. Well, uh, I know, I know, Biggs is somewhere is like yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I will argue against Julie Newmar being a scene chewer she didn't so much chew scenes as she did just ride she took over the scene and it became all about julie well, yes. wow that's, that's kind of the definition Her, of scene chewing. Well, he's like taking he's like counter arguing dead before she even begins right i'm not kind of counter arguing dead just, he's, he's just, very explaining yeah <laughs> very explaining like Which he does good. yeah, yeah. Awesome. i was gonna say i was waiting here <laughs> she didn't chew scenes she just showed up in them, and then Took the over. scene was about her. Yep. Stole the scenes. Yep. Because it's Julie Newmar. She was yeah. the best thing to look at on that show. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong, Cesar Romero. You're it's weird. Hard to, take, <laughs> hard to take your eyes off that pancake makeup over the, over the, the mustache. mustache. Thank you. Yes, I was just going to say that. In fact, I would argue that not That's even creepy. it's not Cesar Romero that was the scene chewer. It was his mustache. Hmm. He might have a point there. Mm. So I think, uh, you know, I'd like to vote for Cesar Romero's mustache. <laughs> Kay, what do you have to say about it? Frank Gorshin. Uh, talk about energy. Yeah, oh my God. Physically, uh, maybe the most uh, energetic of the of the whole bunch with his, with his moves and uh, just making use of that skinny little body bouncing all over the place. Yeah. The laugh, he uh, his laugh actually was right there. Side by side with the Joker. I mean, you can't <clears throat> you can't take away from Romero's laugh because that was just like full blown. But he had his own version of that that was right there with it that I think compared. And when the two of them were in a scene together, yeah, holy shit, the energy between it those was just two. crazy. The energy was nuts. Yeah, I love the way Gorshin would play with the way he would speak as he was talking about something and getting emotional. And were they both high? Who knows? It was the 60s. It was the 60s. It's entirely possible. So I think that Gorshin was Gorshin was the first. I, I never knew that. I thought it was like the first episode would have uh, Joker. But it was actually Gorshin and the Riddler. And he had more than one costume. He had the, the, the unitard. Uh, but he also had his little dapper suit yep. that he would wear. I just think Gorshin was just amazing. I think he was definitely one of the most talented people to appear on the show. And he just was all over the place. It was just amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Romero's iconic, but when you actually sit there and watch the series, you realize Gorshin really made the the villain mold. And he did that with any role he was in. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so funny because there are bits and pieces you can see and let that be your last battlefield Mm -hmm. when he's, you know, Bela. Yeah, and especially since that was a third season episode that yeah. was, the writing was on the wall and it didn't mm-hmm. seem like... But did you some... notice the writing on the wall? Yeah. No, because Frank Gorshin was there. I just meant like, it seemed like there were certain episodes where they just weren't putting in the effort, but that was an episode where I think Gorshin and his performance elevated everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and we know from past experience, Shatner... Loves when he plays off of somebody that's strong because mm-hmm. then he feels like he's got to he's got to outdo that person, and right. so the performances like Khan, yeah, yeah, 
So the both of them are elevating right. their performances in that episode yeah. because it's like, oh, well, he's he can't get the better of me. This is my show. And then, of course, you know, Gorshin is just like always going to bring mm-hmm. everything to the table. So. Right. Deb, what do you think? So it's hard for me because I don't remember watching the 66 Batman that often. Growing up with just regular television. So, you know, it was only on, I think, reruns afternoons at some point sometimes so i didn't see to be honest that many episodes um just knowing though that it was the 60s and a lot of women tended to be sidekick roles or the arm candy in types those types of shows so having a female character be like a strong presence in a scene is something that for sure was not done all the time definitely in the 60s so you know for that aspect alone she did an amazing job. And I know she was um, a stage actor, too, for a long time. So that probably greatly helped. Oh, yeah. She her was performance that, ability in those. Yeah. Dancer. Well, to, to that Triple point, threat. Yvonne Craig is as Batgirl. And yeah. That's, that's another strong, really as, strong role. Not as strong as Julian Newmar. Well, I, no. obviously, but I'm saying you have two strong female roles in that series that, mm. you know, in 66, you didn't really have that that kind of representation, typically, for women. So. So what's I'm going to I'm going to say this for Romero. Um, I never cared much for Batman's growing up the TV show. Mm. Uh, a lot uh, the times when I would watch it because my friends were watching it and I was there and I was like yeah. let's let's watch it. Who are yeah. we kidding? You hated it. I didn't hate it, but it it didn't draw me in. I mean, I would you, watch. You it would roll your eyes when yeah. I put a Blu-ray. You, in. you put in well, the Blu-ray one time. He left the room. Well, as I grew older, I kind of hated it. Yeah. Um, but as at a kid. Godless communist. It, it, I just didn't mm. have much of an opinion on it. But I will say the times that my attention was drawn to it the most and the memories that I have of it are, of course, the Shakespearean statue with the secret door button and Romero's Joker. That's what I remember. Or just his mustache. <laughs> as a kid, I didn't even notice the mustache. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't even notice it till later on. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, it was... And, it defined what I thought of the Joker going forward. And no Joker that we've had so far has captured the madness and fun of that character as much as Romero has. Mm. Yeah, like both, because a lot of the newer guys, they're very serious. Yeah. They do the madness very well, but yeah, the madness and fun is really difficult to pull right. off. The, the, the thing with the Joker in the comic... Um, is that the Joker really enjoys what he does. Yeah. No matter what he's doing, no matter how crazy off the wall, no matter who's writing him, the Joker really enjoys what he does. And I like the tortured soul Jokers we've seen in the last two decades, but I really miss the Joker that's just having a blast. Hamill's Joker is... Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I was just going to say. That, that's the closest you Hamill get is Hamill's in, Joker on the one animated. in Harley Quinn. Yes, where he's bitching that he didn't get his Tesla. Yep. Or whatever. But Romero was the first to bring that to the table. And yes, his laugh, I mean, right there with Gorshin, they're hard because they're neck and neck. Mm-hmm. But if his face was in that camera, that's all you saw. Yeah. Well, and I would like to point out that to this day, when you wear or you see a sexy cat costume anywhere, it's Julia Newmar's Catwoman, yeah. pretty much. And she uh, she had uh, a little bit of say in that. I remember uh, hearing that 
um, the original belt was just supposed to go tied across the waist. And like she was all dancerish, and she's like, "Oh no, you got to make this big, and it's gonna be like off center on the hip." And you know, she just like she like made a few calls that were just like, "Oh yeah, yeah. that adds to that." So I will also say, I think it's it, you know, you mentioned catching it um, in in more recent times, Deb, that. They cut down a lot of. Hardly anybody has seen the actual episodes unless you've watched those episodes on the Blu-rays because those were fifty-five, in some cases, fifty-six-minute episodes. Oh wow! Initially, and then you mean they, they didn't had have to, commercials every like five minutes. Yeah, Amazing. They cut them down to forty-two minutes mm. to show them now, and I th- I think it's even less now than that. Yeah. But I think television back then was like it is in England, where yeah. you did commercials before the show. After the show, but the show wasn't interrupted. With well, yeah, you had like three commercial breaks, and they oh, were they cut two out minutes. Well, and you plots. had you 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 know they they had their commercial breaks in there, uh, but they were short. I mean, yeah. I, no, I'm talking about uh, structured the the series, mm-hmm. the episodes around them. Actually, yep. it was really kind of cool. But yeah, did you ever yeah. see the the one where Robin has a heroin problem? Oh, they must have cut that out for time. Oh, jeez, golly, Williker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you, Jake, for inspiring this argument. I don't know if we came to a consensus, but nah. they're all good answers, frankly. Every, yes, everybody right. in that show chewed scenery except Commissioner Gordon. Oh, <laughs> have you have you seen uh, the the uh, the YouTube thing where they put Batman sixty six characters in the latest Batman film? <laughs> no, it's it's fun. <laughs> but what I really want to see is a bat is a legit Batman sixty six episode where they put like Heath Ledger's Joker in it. Yeah, you know, and see how how he just just tears Batman a new asshole because this wow. that Batman was not that'd ready be funny. To deal with <laughs> no, that no. actually would be hilarious if the if, uh, uh, corridor crew is that the yep. thing if they were to flip it around and do uh, do that. Hey, corridor crew. Yeah, please, please do that because that actually uh, is kind of crazy. Kinda I know crazy at least funny. one person who would buy the Blu-ray on that. Yeah, Biggs. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, what geeky things we do this week, my friends? We'll start with you, Deb. So, <clears throat> binge the uh, last two episodes of the season Stranger Things. Oh my god, it's so good! It is so good. Love the season. Absolutely love the season. Um, I don't want to say too much because. Just got released on what this last weekend, I think. So, not everybody's had a chance to watch through it because the first episode is like an hour and a half, and the second one is two and a half hours. It's like a movie. So, um, but totally worth the watch. And I really hope that the the time between the season and next season is short. Um, I'm, I'm a true believer that it was so long between these last two because of COVID, not because they had issues or they made it that long. So I'm very hopeful that we will get another season in 2023. I think they made the right choice in making the last couple episodes really long. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because yeah. it definitely wrapped up the season really well. And there wasn't a place to cut it. No. You know? it it, I was thinking about you that. You need to take watching. it all at once. Yeah. There wasn't a good point where you could end that episode with that storyline and then start your next episode. Yeah, it was one big, yeah. long, solid story i want to give it a quick shout out to eddie munson the my favorite character in all of stranger things because finally here was a character from the 80s that i can relate to 
He wore a jean jacket. He it's, liked it's the metalhead guy. He right? liked metal. Yeah. He was the dungeon master, and he he wasn't a dick to his players. He was he celebrated with them in their successes, and he mourned their failures. And he was a good DM. And <laughs> uh, shut your fucking mouth. And this that, sounds exactly the opposite yeah, of I'm, you, I'm Barry. I'm just watching uh, Jeff react to all this. Whatever. Like, like everything you say is not you as a DM. Have you rolled dice with me? Oh, I've watched you uh, be oh, DM, though. Eh, you don't know shit. <laughs> I have watched the you The point is, Eddie Munson game. is great, and I'm, I'm just happy to have experienced the Stranger Things with him in it. So. Yep. Barry has experienced the Stranger Things. That I agree with. You're a Stranger thing. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. Open the door, Barry. <laughs> it's my time! My time! In here! What else you do, Deb? Um, I've got to start a new audiobook. Ooh. So I do a lot of driving at work lately. And um, even when I'm just going to the office, it's taking me a while. So I, I've been getting some good audiobook time in. And I started a new book series by Lee Bardugo. So the same woman who wrote the Grisha verse. Um, totally different type of book takes place in now like regular okay the the scene of the the story is yale university so it takes place in the normal world as we know it now and so it's a totally different style for her but it keeps her right like i really enjoy the way she writes novels she's really good at um she sets the scene, you're going through the scene, and then she'll cut to like a backstory piece that fits perfectly in with the scene as it keeps going. Oh. And so you get the history and the background that you need to understand how the character is feeling without it feeling awkward or drawn drawn out or anything. Um, I really appreciate the way she does that. She also, um, so far anyway, the books of hers that I've read, um, just like a lot of the others that I tend to appreciate, have strong female character leads. Um, but this one is about, um, it's more about the, you know, the skull, was it Skull and Bones, that film that they put out in the early 2000s about the, you know, the houses at the either Yale or one of the Ivy League schools. Yale. It it was something like that. Okay. So that's kind of what the storyline follows is it's at Yale. There are eight houses, the city was built in a nexus of magic. And that's one of the last remaining places where you can actually access magic. And so there's these eight societies that obviously are, you know, open to the wealthy and or powerful and or could be powerful people. And they, each house kind of follows a different kind of magic. So eat, but that's what they focus on. They only do that one. And that house is the only one that does that type of magic. And there's a ninth, it's called, the book series is called Ninth House. And Ninth House is Lethe. So it's a society that was founded to monitor the other houses. So when they're performing these like magical rites and things and divination, all that stuff, that they don't hurt people that they don't kill people accidentally like and so the main character she's she's in Lethe and she has this special ability that she can see the dead which most people can't do without a special potion that can almost kill you by taking it so so far um I'm really enjoying the story it's really good and she's and it's it's, it's in a totally different way where it's like each chapter 
So in the Grisha verse, each chapter is the name of the chapter is the character that's that's oh. leading that okay. that chapter. In this one, it's about the time of year that that story takes place. So she jumps back and forth between fall, winter, spring, fall, like, and they're jumping back and forth in time. The way, so it's really interesting. Okay, and you're listening to this on audio. Yes. Uh, the series is called Ninth House. That's the first book. Okay. And as far as I, what I've been able to tell is she is going to be writing a sequel and Ninth House has already been opted for a television series. Oh, wow. So she's also writing the screenplay right now too. Fantastic. Yeah. That, that's, this one sounds really interesting to me. Yeah. It, it's, I am really enjoying it so far. Nice. Like to the point where I'm like sitting in my car and I don't want to like turn the car off because the chapter, I want to get to the end of the chapter. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there listening. I got to get on Libby and get it in my queue. Barry, what'd you do this week? Uh, I uh, I don't also, care, Jeff. What do you do this week? Damn it! <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Um, I did. I watched uh, the the most recent episode of Ms. Marvel, which I just I still don't know what to think about it because it seemed like it was over in the blink of an eye. It was like a very fast episode. I even looked at the runtime when I was done because it felt like things got wrapped up too too quickly, and I'm like not sure what to think of that. So and and it's funny because I've been liking everything right up to this point, and I'm like, that was just a little too quick and convenient, and I don't know if that's a misdirect because there's still like another episode left in the season or whatnot. But uh, I think it's a misdirect. Yeah, it just it totally threw me because I'm just I'm sitting there watching, and all of a sudden, like, wait, we're in the end credits? What the fuck? (laughs) Um, But uh, I also started watching uh, season two of Only Murders in the Building. And God damn it, they just they picked up right where they left off. That show is so good. And Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, all three of them just play off of each other so well. I mean, it's it's just incredible. Um I I, I can't say enough good things about the show. If you have Hulu, you need to be watching this show. Uh if you haven't watched it yet, all the se- all the Episodes of the first season are bingeable. You can watch them all and then get caught up for season two because they're only three three episodes into season two. So, um, having said that, I also watched uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Oh my! Uh, On purpose? Yeah, it's it's got its moments for sure. <laughs> Um, I think it got a little heavier on the social commentary because the premise of the movie is they get launched into space and they go through a black hole and get... So the movie starts in 1998 and they get flash-forwarded through this wormhole, black hole to, 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 2020, to 2022. So they missed the 24 yeah. years in between. Exactly. Fish so, out of water story. So, yeah, that's where it starts to get, you know, they're... You know, definitely fish out of water, water story, you know, but they're still themselves. So obviously the, you know, a lot of the same I am bits. Cornhulio. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cornhulio makes an appearance. I mean, it wouldn't be a Beavis and Butthead movie <laughs> if he didn't. Uh, but yeah, it was... Uh, Beavis and Butthead are so cringy. They've always been cringy to me. I was like, ugh, why are they on my TV? Because you knew too you many it, people yeah. like that. Why, why did you watch it then? I didn't. I stopped. All right. I gave it a shot. I, was like, oh. I like Beavis and Butthead, but I honestly think it only works in the way that they did it. Yeah. Because if I watch just the Beavis and Butthead stuff with the videos taken out, mm-hmm. it gets boring fast. Well, did you like Do America? Uh, if I do just Beavis and Butthead doing the videos, uh-huh. 
I get bored pretty fast. Okay. But if you have that edit together where you have the, the shorts intercut with the video, then back to the short, then video back to the short, I think it is a perfect balance. And yes, the movie was okay, but I missed uh, having videos cut in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's definitely an element that, you know, long-time watchers will miss because it's not, it's not part of either movie that they've been in. B&B is about the balance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I watched was uh, Last Night in Soho on uh, HBO Max. Uh, that's the most recent Edgar Wright film. Uh, it, was it earlier this year? No, it was late last year is when it dropped. I missed it when it was in the theaters. It, it was 2021 that it dropped. But um, um, it stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, um, Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame, Diana Rigg. There's a, the girl that's the lead actor, I, I, it was driving me crazy. I couldn't place her, and then I remembered she's in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, but uh, the lead actress is uh, Thomason McKenzie. It's a really visually stunning movie. The way that it's edited, the like way Scott they, Pilgrim, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of without the comic bookiness. There, there's a conceit in there where, and this is in the trailers. Uh, the the character whose name I'm blanking out on right now, uh, Eloise, the the lead character, she is in present day, and she keeps having visions of this girl Sandy from the '60s. And she kind of like sees this girl's life through her own dreams. So there's a lot of this, you know, usage of mirror premise where like, you know, she'll see herself in the mirror and, you know, there's a lot of they, what they call the Texas switch is where like in one scene you'll have one actress and then they swap the other out. Uh, one of the scenes that stands out is there's a dance sequence where Matt Smith is dancing with the Anya Taylor-Joy character of Sandy, and then it switches to the Thomas and Mackenzie character of Eloise. And, uh, and it's, but it's, it's very it's seamless. Wright. Yeah, it's that, seamless. and The man does editing yeah, better than most. Absolutely. Um, the story is very interesting. Um, it's, it's kind of a murder mystery, but in very true Edgar Wright style, there is a third act twist that, you know, I, I didn't see coming. Maybe somebody else would have seen coming. Um, but that takes it in a completely wow. different direction. That's rare. Uh, yes, he didn't see it coming. Yeah, he always sees the twist. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, it was it surprised me. So, um, whoa, it's worth checking out if nothing more than to, just for the the acting because all of those actors really embody their their roles fantastically well. But like I said, the visual element added in it just really elevates it. So, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, as I said, it's on HBO Max right now. What's it called? Uh, Last Night in Soho. Ah. It, it, got, it got a lot of ad time like the first week it was out, and then it seemed like mm. the ad campaign fizzled really quickly. So I don't, I don't know why it didn't get as much um, exposure because it was in the theaters for a little over a month. Hmm. when it came out and I just, I missed it. Um, you know, I had planned to go see it in the theaters and then for whatever reason, just wasn't able to before it left the theater. So, All right. so yeah, last night in Soho. Okay, fine. Barry, what'd you do? Oh, I get to talk. Maybe. Awesome. Mm, potentially. <clears throat> well, aside from, you know, the stuff that Deb does, cause we kind of do the same shit. 
Um, I, I'm sorry, I said um, and I, I really want to stop saying um. <laughs> really, really. You, you think bringing attention to ums make it better? I think bringing attention to it puts it in my head, so we don't say um. I noticed this. Do you want me to listening. point it out every time you say I it? I do. I want you to point it out every time I say it. That's Is he going to be... ring a little bell app that every time he goes to tap it, <laughs> every time he goes plays to tap an it, ad? plays an ad instead of actually having the bell? Yes. <laughs> I would love that. This is this will be helpful. This will will train me to not say um. It's going to be insufferable. Ding. You realize this until we learn to not say um. Ding ding. Um ding 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 ding. Already insufferable. Okay. All right. Sounds like dance of the sugar plum fairy. Ding 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 ding. That was beautiful, guys. That's, uh... Christmas is coming. <laughs> it's never coming. Worst Christmas ever. Guess what you're getting for Christmas? Uh, Christmas sadness. in July. Yeah. So I, 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 see. Thank you. I almost said the the magic word. We're doing it. He's really. He's not. We're not going to say anything for the rest of the show because he's policing himself. I almost said it, and I caught myself, and that's good. I know. Deb's like, would you good. move on? Would you move on? There's, no, there, it's important. It's a little meta. I get it. But wow. There's, right. there's quotes around good. Okay. Shut your mouth. So someone in the Discord mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, The Rise of Shredder, The Revenge of Shredder, Shredder's Revenge. And I thought it was a, it's a really good game. It's on Xbox Game Pass, and it's like an old school beat-em-up. It's like the one we used to play in the arcade. That was a real core. And the graphics, I mean, it looks just like it was Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could play as all four of the turtles, but you can also play as Shredder or April O'Neil, which is weird. And if you beat the game, you can unlock Casey Jones. Oh, cool. Well, that's fun. And there's a bunch of characters in there that you unlock that I've never even heard of. Stuff that must have appeared in the, the later cartoons. Most likely. Yeah, the ones that I'm not aware of, because I, I I didn't really get into those too much. Uh, maybe it Ding. was after my time. Thank you. Why did I do that? Yeah, because you you're, <laughs> because <laughs> you're helping me. I'm not helping oh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Why did I'm going to point out that? he didn't say um, he said uh. Oh, so same, I get to punch difference. you now. Oh, no, I, I think same that difference. when you say uh, uh yeah, really. it's going to be... Blurp. 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 No, it is not. Please continue. Um. <laughs> um. Man. You're not going to do it? No. Because I was going to test your um versus your uh. <laughs> ding blurp. Ding blurp. Hey, hey, Barry. You're the, you're the only ding blurp around Good here. Good story. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Barry the ding blurp. <laughs> So that's the main thing I did, okay, other then, than... Oh my uh, god, I we, want Hardwick to come in and go, points! <laughs> There's your sticker. Yeah, points. So, uh, the... Uh, so the other... <laughs> and he's getting angry at you. I know. When he's like, I'm going to stop doing this now. Um. Okay, that was dead. <laughs> but it was perfectly timed. It was. <laughs> it was. So I played Forbidden Desert. Deb and I played Forbidden Desert. So... This would be a good time to note. Board game review! Yay! Hooray. That's right, hooray. I got a bunch of these board games. 
I love this. So idea. we played we played Forbidden Desert. Now, if you've ever played Forbidden Island, which was put out in 2010, it's kind of like that. Except this one was put out in 2013. Except it's on in desert. Except you're in a desert. Oh. Uh, you're trying to recover. You crash land in the desert. You and your party of two to five people, and you crash land in the desert, and you have to dig out the sand and and dig what's underneath and excavate the ruins and try and find the pieces of this steampunky looking flying machine to help you fix your your crash landing so you can get out of there so it's flight of the phoenix i don't know what that is that's right hang your head in shame i don't know what (laughs) no baby don't (laughs) (laughs) what you you, i I, somewhere biggs is now screaming i just know it you're like what i know i'm a godless communist it's fine he's made me fully aware but that's that's going to be your next movie night when he comes to town, you know. He's like, Barry, I've got some movies for you to watch. Yeah, I'll be busy that it's night. film from 1965. Oh, definitely busy from well, that Well, they night. did a remake in... Uh, Super busy that night. Yep. So, the game is, is compact. It's really, really easy to learn. We learned it in maybe like half an hour. We knew exactly what to do maybe like five minutes in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fun little game. And it's quick. It maybe took us about a half an hour. And we both... And it was us versus the game. It wasn't competitive. Because we tried Woo. another game. I'm That's not why he loves it. Yeah. That's we, why I love it. Yeah. We tried another let's be, game let's be earlier. <laughs> and I'm not even going to review it because it sucked. To be fair, I got... To be fair. To be fair. I got it for free. So we figured we'd give it a shot because it's a small compact game. Because we like compact games. But no, Deb was ready to flip the table. And as seeing as this is a heavy table and it's not our table, we probably shouldn't play that game with each other ever again. So I'll be giving that one away. Uh, at a future date. Hey, come to the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. I'll give that game away. I'll give it five stars until you actually take it and then I'll trash it. Then you'll point and laugh. Yeah. Ha ha, you got a shitty free game. Hot potato. Yeah, pretty much. So, Desert. Yeah, so Forbidden Desert. I fully recommend this game for everyone. Uh, Two to five players. Uh, It's a good game. I concur. I've played the game. Uh, It is excellent. The thing I don't understand is why why do you need to put the pieces on a ship? Why is that? Why is that there? That's just there to look pretty. Because the game has to have a goal. What well, he means is like goal. the physical. Like it actually has a physical plane with physical pieces oh, okay. that you have to then put together. Yeah, it's okay if you just give us the pieces. It's neat, and they're nice. A couple of them are really yeah, they heavy, are nice. like pewter. Yeah. It doesn't need to go on this thing, but it's fine. It's fun. It's fun. Then it's you busy feel work. accomplished. Yes, yeah, yeah. a little busy part. It's fun to fill the puzzle. It's made by Game Right Games, uh, and they have another one called Forbidden Sky. Apparently, Ooh, I don't know uh, that one. I don't know that one either. So now Blimp I'm going to try and find it. Somewhere that. maybe Forbidden Sky, Blimp. Uh, no, no, like steampunky thing, rockets so, and shit. Okay, but blimps are also steampunky. Well, well, yeah. yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> but it's not in this game. That's Forbidden Blimp. Well, you can write that game. Forbidden, forbidden Blimp. Blimp. Forbidden Blimp. <laughs> By Barry Dingblart. <laughs> Forbidden Blimp. It's like one of those weird things you get at the hotel that you it's pay five dollars right. for. Right. Yeah. Good. What? Uh, Nothing. The, Good story. The only thing I'll throw in the ring uh, this week, I it did quite a bit in my downtime, but uh, the only thing I'm going to bring up right now is just because I want to focus on it is John Scalzi's. Uh, the Kaiju Preservation Society. It's the book that we read for the book club last month. Um, as b- has been well documented on the show, I've had a hard time getting back into reading post-COVID. Um, it's, 
it's just something that just can't grab my attention a lot of times. If the book doesn't strike, I just put it down a lot. But the problem is I'm putting book, more books down than I'm reading. Mm. Um, but uh, this one, uh, Kaiju Preservation Society, it, it was John Scalzi basically creating a book just to ha- tell a fun story, and that's exactly what it was. Nothing deep, just a fantastic little roller coaster ride of a novella. It's about 200 pages long, uh, about a another Earth that kaiju exist, and that Godzilla was actually based on a true event. Mm. Uh, no, it's it, it really, really works. It's surprisingly fun. Think Jurassic Park, but make the monsters bigger. Right. The characters are a lot of fun. Not deep, but everybody's clever. So it's just a... It's Scalzi has a real joking quality whenever characters are interacting with each other. And he's firing at all cylinders on this one. If you enjoy science, it's, it's joyfully science-heavy. Uh, and it's just a kind of a celebration of fun overall. Uh, bad guys aren't surprising. Uh, the ending isn't surprising. But overall... It is satisfying, and that's something I've missed from reading for a while. It's just something that was satisfying. So I, I highly recommend it. If, I mean, John Scalzi in general, pick up about anything he's written. But yeah. uh, this one, if you're looking for something just fun to get away from all this as he waves his hands at the world, uh, do it. It's a good book. Kay, what'd you do this week? Well, my uh, week... Uh my two weeks actually was a little D and D heavy because uh, first thing I did was I watched Calamity, Alexandria United Calamity. Um, what is this? Alexandria is the world that the Critical Role campaigns take place in. They've been breaking things up a bit, giving themselves a rest now and again by having guest DMs come in and do guest spots. Sometimes they're in the world of. Exandria. Uh, sometimes they're not. And in this case, they invited a special guest DM, Brennan Lee Mulligan. He's the DM of Just Mike's beloved Dimension 20 live play, which is uh, D&D live play as well. Uh, a whole bunch of other different uh, types of games as well. Mulligan is a very good DM. He okay. uh, actually has great energy, he does great character stuff, and he really works at folding in player backstory. He really gets players involved. I have a problem with Dimension 20 because the uh, the ones, the series that I tried watching were very celeb player heavy. The YouTube, Twitch, celeb geek crowd. And the players there were actually very oh god everything was self-congratulatory everything was everybody's laughing at everybody's jokes everybody's uh character is so interesting every decision is so and it's just like oh my god you guys just get to it was really trying so hard it was really funny because I'm watching it, and uh, one of the series I watched, actually, uh, Matt Mercer was on as a player. And he's standing out because he he isn't anywhere near that. And so he's sort of in this weird zone of he's, to, he's trying to play, 
and everyone is like oh that's somebody oh you know and he's trying to fit in and work it and it's not actually to his style which is kind of weird so calamity kind of combines mulligan's uh, exceptional traits as a dm but with the finer the better player involvement that critical role brings to the table and it's a four episode the reason i'm talking about it and suggesting it i'm going to recommend watching calamity is because it actually is a four episode it's a great way to get introduced to critical role the story takes place in the current campaign's past a great magical calamity happened and it's an interesting story because it's like what happens is actually a foregone conclusion so it's really a story about the characters in the midst of this calamity as it happens like rogue one kind of sort of yeah it's just it's just very well done uh brennan lee mulligan is an interesting person to watch as a dm he uh he will make interesting choices you know there are times when like uh he even says you know ordinarily i would call for a role for this but this is so narratively perfect we're gonna go with it you know he'll do things like that he'll grab people's character backstory and throw them out and spit them out and he's doing this in four granted then they're four to five hour episodes the final one is six hours so we're talking about you know over 20 hours but he's he's doing this rather quickly it's high level play they were 14th level characters because oh, wow. the, the whole point was be a significant part of this society your character is a significant individual they're very well known. They're exceptional. Who are they? What are they? You know, and it was very well developed in that way. And then, and, and there's tons of pathos. There's tons of uh, tragedy going on, uh, but also some uplifting stuff. And he does a nice job. It was just actually interesting watching him work with Mercer's world, with Mercer's players, and some invited people, and doing his thing though. And I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching him a lot. They also do this thing they call the four-sided dive. And this is a, uh, a group of them. This kind of replaces their Talks Machina episodes where they used to get together and talk about the episode of the week before. So they'll get together and talk about a couple of episodes. And the one they did was Mulligan, Mercer, and uh, Abria Avagar. I think I said that right, who uh, has DM'd other guest spots on Critical Role and played in this one. And so the three of them sit there, and it's a couple hours. They talk a little bit about their own DM styles, DM theory, and stuff like that. I actually found it very interesting, very cool. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for Mulligan and... Uh, I really do recommend Calamity as a way to like kind of dip your toe into actual play. You're not it's not a huge commitment cuz already like god they're I'm fucking 20 some odd episodes into campaign 3 multi hour yeah, which episodes. is already 100 hours. Yeah. Right? And usually they go over 100 episodes. So, you know, that it can and in fact I've actually fallen behind by like a month and I'm like I think I'm just going to pick up the written recap and then jump in next week because I just, the idea of watching stuff to catch up is getting a little intimidating. But Calamity was a great jump in. 
It was okay. a great jump in. Right from the very beginning, too. He actually does a great, just complete start to it. Would so. you say if someone hasn't watched D&D Live Play, that's a good one to start with? I actually do think so. It's going to give you an elevated sense of player DM action. You know, the whole Matt Mercer effect. Yeah. So, um, you know, you don't want to go in to, okay, this is how we're going to do our D&D games. Because that's not how it um, works. Yes, exactly. Especially when Barry plays. You know. Well, here we go. Yeah, and it was really funny because uh, one uh, guy, Professor DM, who does uh, the Dungeon Craft channel, a uh, very good channel on YouTube, uh, the only Patreon I belong to, he actually made a great statement of, you know, people sitting there demanding, be like Matt Mercer when you run. And he's like, well, screw you. Be like Matt Mercer's players when you play. Yeah. <laughs> because Mercer has some of the damn best players around, and they're, they're really in there. And, you know, you do that, and then maybe you'll get a Matt Mercer. And actually, it's not even something you want to necessarily aspire to anyway you don't want to watch those things and say this is what i want to create you just want to enjoy that for that you know and you can learn a little something about how a game is played um but to to aspire to be like those people i think can actually get in the way but i do think just if you want to watch some live play and get involved in it this is nice because it's an easy chunk to bite off and binge and do, and then you're done. I like it. So, and it was D&D time. Uh, I actually got together with Ozzy <clears throat> Matt and Leon Mitt, and uh, we talked character. We actually, because we're doing, we're starting second level characters. It's part now. of the uh, Kofi. For the Kofi Fuck Fest and Baggage uh, level D&D game. <laughs> And Impossible uh, Burger and Possible yeah. Meat yeah. and Whole Wheat Taco. Yeah. Yes. Impossible Barry and... Uh, tier 5. Tier 5. Tier 5. Yeah. Just yeah. say Tier 5. Tier 5. <laughs> Barry's Tiers of 5. I mean, it's, oh, it's your own that. damn fault, Barry. I, yeah. I, I mean, you there have no one to blame There you go. Yourself. That's right. You tell him, Jeff. <laughs> you just bring the reality. So, <laughs> they... It's funny. Who all we, showed? Was this a, well, well, this... We did first Aussie, Matt, and Tim. They showed... It's a prep session. And we did a prep session. They talked characters. We established a bit of relationship between the two of them. We decided they were going to be the two who would go exploring next week. And then if anyone else joined, they would join them. No halflings? Uh, no halflings. Thank God. <laughs> Racist. Uh, so, Racist. Oh, yeah. I hate those guys. No mango jolly <laughs> bottle? Yeah. <laughs> No mango jolly. Well, you want me to run mango? I thought you would. Uh... No, because okay, I you play yeah. mango jolly bottle. Yeah. I walk into lava. Yeah, yeah, acid <laughs> actually, but acid, yeah, oh, okay. but yeah. yeah. Um, so Jerk. so we we set that up. Racist. And actually, then the next week we played. It was Aussie Matt Tim. We also got Glumly to jump in and Mad Martin. He finally hey! he finally plunged in. Nice role player. I really like. Mad Martin, he brings the uh, he brings an old school feel oh. to uh, the game. Even so he was one of the original game members of J.R. Conkle's story that he yes. wrote that he's now turned into a novel. Mm-hmm. Yep, badass. Yes, uh, he also couldn't make one game because he was hunting in Argentina. So you know, as one does. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> I had a broke parent, but anyway, broke my brain. That I know, sense. I know. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, the four of them were there. They met up in the veil outside the caverns of chaos to investigate. Did you use that voice? Uh, no. Damn. Damn it. Uh, 
But anyway, they uh, there, to bring it, man. there was one there was one cavern that was uh, that was kind of open, and uh, they very graciously decided to go investigate that cavern that I had maps for and had planned out, as opposed to any of the other you know caverns. Yeah, we go to the other cavern. That would yeah, surprisingly uh, turn into and, the same and, cavern and, you had yeah, planned. Exactly. Yeah. It, that, oh, I was look ready. at this! I was ready. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of Torgo. Look, I made this big like uh, what is it? Massive adventure? Yeah, I made this massive um, adventure. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, blurk. <laughs> ding blurt. Ding blurt. I made this massive ding blurt adventure with terrain and like a tower. And he's like, that's Ooh. great. That's awesome. I love that you did that. We don't go there. We yeah, go yeah, the yeah, other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, wow. magically, there's another clearing, and look, it's the same thing. It's amazing. <laughs> My character doesn't like doors. There you go. <laughs> it's like when I slipped him a note for his character in one game. At the bottom of the stairs, you see glowing eyes looking up towards you. I cast detect evil. You sense evil. And then his character goes, there's nothing down there. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is how this game is going to go. <laughs> Great. Par for the course. Of that so anyway, basketball. they go in. They encounter. It's like a trapdoor spider. You know, you know the trapdoor spider, Jeff, that like closes the trap with its butt mm-hmm. and then flips over and again. That's what I did to them. And it was really kind of funny because they entered this cavern. It's coated in cobwebs. And Tim is a druid. He turns into a spider. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. So like, he doesn't trigger the attack. Instead, it's a Glumsley's character, who's a dwarf, resists poison. So, you know, we fight, we kill the spider. Um, then we move into the rest of the lair and encounter kobolds. Ooh, and classic. So there's some kobold fighting. And the, the reason I go into a little bit of detail is because eventually Tim's character gets killed. Oh, no. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. he was put down under zero and he was doing his death saves. And he had a success. I think he had two successes. He had a failure. And it was really funny because they discovered one potion in the earlier cavern, right? And at first, Tim was like, does anybody want this potion? And uh, one of the melayers was just like, oh, you know what? I might take it. And he's like, okay, do you want to give up your share of the treasure in exchange for the for the potion Damn. you know i think it'd be kind of fair and he's like uh i don't know and so tim's like well we c-, you know and someone else was like well why don't we just like have it for all of us and he's like okay we can make it public treasure i'll just hold on to it and it's the group treasure so he has this potion in his bag while he's bleeding out and it's really funny because everyone's right around him and actually the way the figs set up somebody could have gotten in his space without drawing an attack and maybe experimented with the potion but they were like nah Nah, i'll attack this guy instead (laughs) besides it's probably a polymorph potion yeah exactly right so they're you know they keep attacking and then tim rolls a natural one (gasps) on his death save no and that puts him over and he dies and then Glumley's like, well, let me go rifle his bag and see about that potion, <laughs> and I'll pour it in his mouth. And dead. yeah, it was late. He, then he was turned dead. into a daisy. It was amazing. So it was it was funny because I could hear Tim was like disappointed, but at the same time, I'm like, I want I want a character I want character death to mean something this early right. on. You don't want to DC yeah. this shit. Mad Martin, he 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 brought Martin. he brought the OSR. He was just like, yep, 
That's the story of the low-level characters. You know, it'll happen. You just die. You make a new one and press on it. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, it's really funny because, you know, you sit there and you're like, yeah, it's easy for you to say live, motherfucker. (laughs) You know? When my characters die, I'm excited because then I get to play with some other concept and bring a whole new crazy multi-class accented thing. One of the problems I have with with games like 5e that make character creation so involved it's very easy to get really attached right from the get-go you've put some time in so if you if you go out first level and get crushed it's like fuck i three hours of character development for 30 seconds of play exactly it's sort of like my philosophy for game design would be uh in an ideal kirsten world is if you're going to be high death then make character creation quick makes sense make it less than 20 minutes so somebody goes out gets killed 20 minutes of playing where everyone else is still playing you're making your new character and you can roll right in you can't do that with uh, 5e you know i mean uh tim sat there with us and he watched the rest of it play out but he couldn't have gone to the character mancer and made a new character and been ready by the well, time especially with roll 20 i mean if you're exactly. table topping it's a little bit different but uh-huh. roll 20 is exactly yeah pinpoint right on it so it's just you know and tim is actually he actually said i got some ideas for other characters i guess i'll he could just you know play the, but he, the twin brother to well there was a lot of the joking second. There's a lot of joking about that. So, but I, I mean actually, that that low of level. I'm sorry, but that's what I would do. I'd be like, sure. And she had a mysterious sister. Yeah, I'm not, exactly like her. If he would do that, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, experiment, play around, do whatever. So it it's totally up to him. We'll see what direction he goes in uh, in a couple days. But it was it was actually it was actually kind of it was fun anyway, and it was it was also Steve poignant. But um, yeah, so we played some D and D. I, I killed a character. And in campaigns like that, man, I always recommend make two characters. Just have one at the ready yeah. in case your other character dies. There's always that. I've had a character for, for for Greg's game. I had a character on deck ready for months and months. Well, and, and I'm going to point out that you were the only one that did that because the rest of us, when we died through such fits, that he would just make it so we could be resurrected at some point. <laughs> So the Bunch of my, fucking table flippers so, is what you are. Well, because first of all, the rest of us are women, okay? So we put a lot of time and dedication into building those characters, and they were amazing. And I didn't put time and dedication into Pirate Dave? You no, you did, didn't, you but, man. But you, you can. You male. You can just bury, you have that, ah, fine, whatever, it is what it is, let's move on. Some of us can't do that so easily, so... <laughs> See, that is it his is fault. It is what it is. Let's move on. That's his fault yeah, for what? not teaching you that hard lesson <laughs> around three or four. What, age wait, wait, three wait, or wait, four? Wait. No, level three or four. Yeah. I, I just want to point out real quick, Barry. You don't want to do that to Deb. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do that to Deb. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, and how's that worked out for yeah, you over really, the last I, 12 I, years, I, Barry? Exactly very well. Fucking fine. <laughs> You can tell by his response. Yeah. Yeah. He crosses his arms and sits back. Whatever. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Played Point some D&D, proven. killed a character, uh, watched Calamity. Full week. Uh, high uh, high recommendations. So yeah. yeah, it was a D&D week, so that was cool. Nice. 
Well, I love what everyone did this week. Uh, but it is time to move on. So Wait! Th- what? Wait! What? This is important! God damn it. It's what? like a pre-announcement. A pre-announcement. <laughs> yes! We're going to be moving into a new house pretty soon. I'm super excited oh, about this. Okay, that is big and news. You know what? You get to move in with us. Not you, Torgo. Move you on. You just said I could. Todd, move on, yeah. please. No, the, the, the proverbial you. The people who are listening. This this is another famous, very overly elaborate. It's not overly elaborate. It's a per- plan that's going to crash fuck miserably. You, Gunter. I've been thinking about this for a while. I, I, I can already I know tell you have. the outcome because Deb is over there with her arms crossed, just looking like. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, this is a great idea. Now uh-huh. listen up. So. Of course, as houses do, we will have many rooms. They will have a bedroom and a kitchen and a toilet and a oh, pantry. We know what a house a, is, Barry. And an office and a patio. Anyway, so there's, I, I've, I've laid out all the different possible rooms that we'll, I will have in my house. Okay. And you, oh, no. for a low, oh, geez. moderate no, no. fee. He's, he's, he's literally made a spreadsheet about this, Todd. <laughs> I mean, you I, can sponsor a room. I smelled it coming. That's right. You, listener, can get your name on a plaque. You can have like the 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 Commander K uh, commemorative bathroom. He keeps using me for this. Exam. To that, he does. I, I do. I to do. that, I, I say, why. Barry, get a job, you long-haired hippie. No, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> That's for losers. We're gonna. I agree with that part. We're gonna. We got like these these three by one plaques. These little gold plaques will get your name or whatever you want laser engraved on it, and you can that de- you can buy a dedicated room, or you can buy it for for someone who's dead. It can be a memorial room. Well, do you get to call it what you want? Like, if I pay, can we call the bathroom the smelly room? <laughs> It can be the Commander K commemorative poopateria. Oh, I like that. It has to have Commander K in it. It doesn't. I'm just can't, whatever. Can't just, it can be cursed. It can't scale. I just no one can spell your fucking last name. Barry's Dingblurt room. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Because I'm putting the kibosh on that. <laughs> I will consider it. I think, it, I think you're losing out on some money. I think I there's know. some income generation but there. It's, okay. For the low price of $100 US, uh, $100, it's a permanent plaque. It'll be there. And just like like that that fat blonde woman from the 80s who would say, hey, here, you sponsor a kid in Africa. (laughs) And we'll teach. What was her name? Sally Struthers. Wow. Yeah, just like Sally Struthers. Right? I'll tell you how, what what's been going on in your room over the last month. How does oh. your room fare? What's the what's the decor like now right. every year? You know there's gonna be a big nobody, fucking fight nobody. to sponsor the Take bedroom. Them off on this, please don't do it. This is a great idea. <laughs> Deb, you should sponsor a Deb room. Deb has taken off her glasses, gang, just so you know how serious this is. The Rush become. Limbaugh Memorial Fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Torgo. <laughs> It's yeah. it's funny because before you guys got here, he was actually looking at engravable, like plaques. Yeah, they're oh, like nine ninety five. I know and, he's and serious. Even Deb is just like, stop. <laughs> it's not just, gonna happen. You just may say my good ideas, and uh, I'm just an welcome unending to my font world. of ideas. You're an unending. Part of ideas. <laughs> no, no, mine are good ideas. A lot of more ding like blurting. a chart. Hey. Like a chart. <laughs> 
Kay, you can shut up because you <laughs> named my that what will be the tiki bar. That that's true for yeah. free. He did. He I, named I, it. I, hey. Oh wait, yeah, for free. <laughs> I dodged yeah, that bullet. Did. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, you, you named it. You, you don't get the plaque. You got to pay for that. You, you wouldn't <laughs> want to owe him a hundred bucks. But I'll yeah, tell you what. Yeah, since you named the bar, uh-huh. half price. <laughs> half price. Uh, well, Barry, I have to say this idea does edge up to the definition of dingblart. <laughs> Shut your face. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, okay. I, uh, I went to uh, a gaming uh, uh, July 4th. At uh, Major Meh. Okay. And uh, yeah, how was I, that? I met a couple friends of his. Um, uh, one uh, one gentleman's name was Mark. Oh, oh, that guy. I met yeah, him. Mark. Yeah, he apparently uh, was at the uh, the flea market. It was really funny because uh, Lewis mentioned that you know Barry was bragging about how he took them all at the not Mark. Uh, he just gave some crap away. Well, Mark actually went. Yeah, I don't know if I would say he took people blind. <sighs> Everyone was there to get rid of stuff. So, and it was <laughs> hilarious how he's kind of talking down Barry's great capitalistic venture into a Meepleville game uh, flea market. I stand by my capitalistic <laughs> venture. I, I stand by the results I got. Except for Mark, who was <clears throat> literally giving some shit away. Yeah, he did. He yeah. actually said, I just wanted to get rid of this crap. So. Yeah. Huge oh, board gamer, Mark. Oh, yeah. He's was, huge. Uh, he's hired me many times for painting board games. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I met uh, I met some interesting interesting people. Mark told the story of Major Meh actually knocking himself out with a bat. So that was... Oh, always a good time. <clears throat> yes. That sounds like a very dingblart thing to do. Yeah, yeah. very dingblarty. Shut up. <laughs> Damn, what time is it? It is news you don't give a shit about time. Yay! Uh, why are you cheering that? I, 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 it's Deb. I, I do it because I celebrate chaos. <laughs> you generate chaos. Yes. You I spew do. chaos. You shark chaos. <laughs> You're the chaos sharder. I accept this description. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a I mean, what Warhammer that. fig is that? I wonder. Hey, Nurgle. Uh, any, <laughs> any one I painted for Barry. <laughs> In news you don't give a shit about. The Who's the Boss sequel series has found a home. Has it now? Yes. The project, reuniting original stars Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano, and executive produced by Norman Lear, has landed at Amazon Freebie for development. Is anyone else alive? (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. Mona. Actually, no shit is Mona. I I I think she passed. Didn't Catherine Hellman What about the kid? Jonathan, I, uh, you know. I would hope they're alive because aren't they like the same age or younger than Alyssa Milano? Drug problem? Die. <laughs> the follow-up, yeah. being written and executive produced by One Day at a Time co-creator, executive producer, co-showrunner Mike Royce. Wow, that's and, going back. Yeah. And co-executive producer Bridget <laughs> Munez. Ninety-eight. <laughs> I know what's funny. Yeah, he's in the Captain Pike chair. <laughs> so, like, then they can talk about getting a pool. Boop, boop. All right, he said yes twice. Boop, boop. I thought Barry said um twice. 
Sony Pictures Television, which owns the rights to the original series, has been working on the sequel for the past two years, is the studio where that'll be being made at. It's only been working on it for the past two years. (laughs) I think it's been a reality for the last two years. Before that, it was just, you know. Hey, wouldn't it be great if? Yeah. One one of Barry's get rich quick schemes. How did that show I'm run not even for trying to get rich. Eight years. It just it boggles With my mind. More than thirty million viewers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just ugh. Alyssa anyway. Milano's first bra. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's got a point. And I think her first period too, in one of those episodes, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, I should yeah. hope so, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Dan and Milano are set to reprise their roles as Tony and Samantha. Set 30 years after the events of the original series. I wish it was set the next year, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'd watch that one. (laughs) What happened to you? (laughs) Samantha. (laughs) Angela. I'd love to see who's the boss, but set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Mm. That's what I want to see. That would last one episode. And they die. They would, they, they, they would change the wow. premise every episode. But, but that's okay. They would have backup characters, and they just come right in. <laughs> Who's the like, premise? You know, Ding like Blurt. Ding Blurt. Post-apocalyptic. What are you be doing, like, Ding Blurt? Who's Who's the warlord? Don't handle that glowy thing. I'm sorry, Deb. <laughs> no, you're not. The sequel will focus on former Major League Baseball player slash retired housekeeper Tony and his relationship with his daughter Samantha. She is now a single mother living in the family house. In line with Lear's classic shows, the new comedy will explore generational differences as well as opposing worldviews and parenting styles within the dynamic of a modern family in 2022. So no who's ma- the boss? No mention of Judith Light? Nope. Weird. Mm. Huh. I'm telling hmm. you, I think they're all dead. She's not Well, they're dead. not all dead. At the hand long. of Tony Danza. <laughs> okay, that, I, can, that, I can see that. <laughs> no, you don't give a shit about. There's a new TikTok trend that's Ooh. sweeping the nation. Exciting. But it's leading to some theaters warning moviegoers that they uh. won't allow people in who are pulling off the Gentle Minions meme. Gentle Minions. What is yes. this for people who don't have a TikTok What's it about? like me? Minions The Rise of Gru, as okay. part of the Despicable Me franchise, has dropped in theaters. The animated feature has more of those yellow minions that are always funny and entertaining. Always. I myself love the minions. They're yep. amazing. They're adorable. Many comprised... Many of these people who are doing this activity are comprised of Gen Zers. They dress up in suits and are doing the same tent thing that Gru's doing with his hands in the picture of the ad. And they're going to theaters in mass. In mass. Okay, so mass. A, a bunch of 20-somethings yes. are dressing up in a suit, putting their fingers together and watching a movie. Well, and nope. clips on the app of TikTok also have shown masses of mostly young men descending upon their local cinemas in fancy outfits, chomping on the Minions' favorite food, which is bananas, and moshing in front of the screen. They're turning it into a Rocky Horror uh, thingy. They're trying. I, so, I, I can kind yeah. of appreciate that, but moshing? Really? Yeah, so it gets better. Um, and naturally, they've been filming these things because it's TikTok. It's short video. And Universal loves it. They tweeted, to everyone showing up to Minions in suits, we see you and we love you. Movie theaters, however, not so much. <laughs> theaters are starting to ban gentlemen groups from entering due to recent disturbances. Some theaters contend that the black tie trend has gotten out of hand, disturbing parents and children who are just trying to enjoy the fam- to enjoy the movie. Yeah. On TikTok, the gentlemen's hashtag has amassed more than seven million views, and one of the earliest videos tied to it has racked up more than thirty-five million views. 
Um, a movie theater worker tweeted, can the gentle minions participants still contribute to the meme without trashing the theater completely and making minimum wage staff have to deal with extra stuff? Some people are really purposefully making a mess and it's not cool. Be a memer. Don't be an ass. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, there, there's a solution here. Make them clean up after themselves? <laughs> no, but in true Rocky Horror fashion, I understand. Yes, if... I was an unwitting parent who took their child to see this child show, um, and chaos, moshing, and banana throwing was happening everywhere. I'd be a little freaked out if I wasn't expecting it, right. and, and be, kind of be put off by the theater. I mean, but I think the theaters could easily capitalize on this by just saying, you know what? The late night showings are the gentleman shows, yes. okay, or whatever yeah, like they exclusive mm-hmm. screenings, right. and right. they can sell them stuff. Yes, lay like down plaques the- <laughs> with their names on it. L- lay down a like the 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 freaking Dexter plastic yep. on the freaking yeah. theater lay, floor. Lay out the plastic so cleanup is a breeze. Sell the bananas. You can buy. You can make this a thing. Yeah. You can capitalize on this mm. thing that's happening and. Actually, funnel it in the right direction. At oh, three dollars a banana, you're making no, 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 no. Theater prices five twenty five. Five twenty five. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Uh, away from the kids' shows and more to the evening shows. I think everyone can win. Hmm. Some theaters, however, haven't experienced this bad of an issue. Um, so, Goylan for one of a larger movie theater. Uh, chains says they haven't experienced bad behavior at other locations it's only added to the movie going experience making it fun and a festive atmosphere with good behavior this trend has been quite tangible reminder of how great it is to have the movie going experience back Mm. say overall i think it's just a bunch of bad bananas but the vast majority have not been so great kind of like our movie going experience the last time when we went to see the opening weekend of which film dr strange yeah where you had people outbursting for long, like not just laughing or clapping or being excited outbursting and then talking loudly to their companions over the characters talking for a long amount of time to where we couldn't even hear what was going on that's how i kind of see this this happening because we've experienced it and i think that's something that honestly movie theaters can take advantage of too that there are phone friendly showings that you, if the, like, there's, all, there's, yep, if you do, like, one show in the evening that's phone-friendly showing, that, you know what, those rules are out the window. If you want to talk to the screen, whatever, talk, this is the show, that's that. Come and, come and do that. That's it's like fine. the Alamo Draft House usually had the uh, kid-friendly showing in the, in well, the morning, they also, right? one thing that I really love about Alamo is they do one of those, like, they do it in different ways, but, like, the crazy viewing. So, like, the sing-alongs for musicals. So, they would show Labyrinth, and you go to that one to sing out loud all along with the movie. Yeah. Or they would do, like, classic cartoon, like, Saturday mornings, and they would serve with cereal. cereal. And, you know, classic 80s cartoons day or whatever. Mm. And I I appreciate theaters that do things like that. But it's it's definitely, if you buy a ticket for that show, you know what you're getting into. Exactly. Yes. And I agree. That, that that could be beneficial. And if you have a show like that available that, you know what, phones and talking is fine, that makes it easier to enforce the shows that aren't. Yes. Say, if you want to do that, go to X show, not this one, you're out. I say, let them crash. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Jeff, for that pointed addition. <laughs> I would like to add about Rocky Horror, though. In my experience, the, only, the ones I've ever been to, they're always held at old crappy theaters. Yes. Yep. 
that could care less if it kind of gets a little trashed. Exactly. There is that. The Tropicana, uh, the one on Trop, uh, the dollar movie theater on Trop and Pecos is the one that always used to run it here in town. Oh, yes. I don't know if they still do, but that was the last time I saw it even advertised. Which doesn't oh, really yeah. exist anymore. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's where I first saw Rocky. Yeah. And then there was uh, the uh, Red Rock. Remember Red Rock? Oh, the one up on Charleston that used yes. to be there. Yes. Yeah. They used to do stuff like that. That place was, that was a shitty theater. It was a shitty. It had That's a where re- Rocky goes. It yeah. Had, yeah. It had an interesting lobby layout. The lobby, the lobbies at Red Rock were yeah. weird because they were all done up. They were all diorama type stuff oh, okay full of uh, uh set pieces and props and things like that like you know, stage coaches and you know the saloon bar stuff like that it was just like the big ones like the life-size not small little yeah yeah the... yeah hmm. it, it was it was bizarre how that they did that and yeah they did they did uh do uh at some point they did rocky horror just like jones did i remember that place yeah. and, and trop yeah I think they're called Frankie's Greatest Obsession. I think that's the local group here. No idea, dude. It's been a hot minute since I've seen Rocky. Yeah, you're, that mean, that makes you a virgin again. Oh, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, you you yeah. you, you gain, regain your virginity yep. if you haven't seen Rocky. They're going to stand over you and go. Well, how ding, much, how blurt, much time? Ding, blurt, ding, blurt. <laughs> how much time? How much has to pass how, between viewings of Rocky Horror Live before your uh, ten years? Well, your Rocky hymen grows back. Ten years. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> what? Did, I, did that Rock, kill you? The Rocky hit my Hyman? head on uh, the. I like that. It's a great was... character name, Rocky Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Rocky Hyman. It is sidekick Dingler. <laughs> <laughs> and I have shit you can't afford. Oh goodness! Oh. So many of you guys have seen the news about the new $5,000 Star Wars cocktail. Ooh, okay? yeah, I've heard about it. Don't know much about it. <laughs> so the Disney Wish had its maiden voyage. And so now we have more information about what actually is this cocktail and what do you actually get for $5,000. A $5,000 cocktail on a cruise ship. What's Correct. in the sauce? A- yeah, people have been posting about this, but I haven't heard what's in it. Yeah. A cocktail. A singular cocktail. Oh, okay. Like a fishbowl, okay. right? Hold on. No. Okay. No. Finger up. She's a, the Kyber okay. Crystal. Okay. Name for obviously anyone who knows Star Wars. What Kyber crystals are used for? And I noticed it's not spelled right, and that pisses me off. Yeah, I oh, know. Wow. It's actually Purist. four drinks. Okay. It is the main beverage, which is made up of Camas Cognac 4.16, Uzu and Kumquat, and Grand, Grand Marnier Quintessence. It's a pricey liqueur. Yeah, and cognac is always going to be pricey, even though it doesn't deserve to be, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's you're, one of Grand Marnier's upper level cognacs. And, yeah. ba- and Barry, your opinion's been noted and discarded. Go ahead. Dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Then it also comes with three shots. Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve, 23-year bourbon. Not supposed to shoot that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Taylor, a sh- in a shot. So my guess is they're sipping. I would, all of these, I would, they're sipping. You don't shoot these. Okay, yeah, thank, okay, thank Pap- you. But still. Yeah. Any, any Pappy Van you don't want to shoot. Yeah. I, I don't want to go, I'm, I want to continue on, but I just want to put a pause here for a moment saying, okay, your cognac, uh, orangey kumquat drink with Pappy Van Winkle on the side. It doesn't work. 
this is already what's making pa- my hair stand on What's me. Pappy Van Winkle? Pappy Van Winkle is a highly sought after aged bourbon that costs more than it should. And they don't put out as many bottles per year as On they, purpose. Yeah, You're paying exactly. for the rarity. Mm-hmm. The Not name. for the actual Not quality. Not for the taste. Okay. You're paying yeah. for the rarity. Right. Now, it's a solid bourbon. It is. But, but so is Buffalo it. Trace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else are you getting? Uh, Taylor's Kingsman um, edition, very old tawny port. And Watenshi Gin. Okay. Watenshi? So it, it is a... <laughs> A lightly mixed cocktail of four ingredients and then three shots of expensive shit that you could that just should, buy. That should not go together. Definitely not. Yeah. No. Bourbon, port, and gin. It's almost like they put out the news that they would have this special fancy cocktail that nobody knew about. And they heard such bad things like so many people going like, what the hell? That they're like, and eh, maybe we'll just throw three extra expensive <laughs> things also in this in this container for you. And Here so, you go. And something has gold leaf on it, right? That's got it. You always got to have gold leaf. So it all comes in the Camtono. Okay, so I don't know what that is. It's the garbage it's the, can looking It's thing. the old ice cream maker that they made into a... Um, container a safe yeah yes. like a yeah it looks you, neat I'm you know sure. what i'm talking about it was in empire when he's running through the corridors and it looks like he's carrying a, an old 70s 80s ice cream maker but it's the thing that cloud they city the evac on. yes thank you <clears throat> that's a blinking you movie. would yeah. know it if you saw it yes all right yeah mr star but wars trivia the kyber crystal doesn't just come with oh. this oh okay the five thousand dollars also comes with a special themed escort off the ship okay Escort. Well, yeah. now we're <laughs> yeah. because you're fucking drunk on awful combination. <laughs> of course, they're going to escort you off the ship after that. And you get a visit to Skywalker Ranch, which does not oh, accept okay. visitors right now. Okay, so you're you're buying in a, a vacation package, essentially. <laughs> All right, <laughs> a drink with a vacation. Also, side note. The Hyperspace Lounge, which is the lounge that you can buy this drink on on the Disney Wish. It's, you know, Star Wars themed. That cocktail isn't the only place you'll find a crystal as coveted as the Kyber. An actual crystal necklace can be found in one of the Wish's stores. No. Guess the price. Uh, $2,000. $3,000. $3.9 million. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. No, seriously. Get your ass out. In the street you go. What? Disney I, is getting absurd. It is absurd. Well, I mean, <laughs> what is it made of? Todd, you could probably agree with me on this. Maybe. Given the ingredients that they're talking about in the drink, not one of those with, I mean, not one of those justifies the $5,000 price. No, no Pappy no. Van Winkle, when we sold yeah. it at my bar, was $500. It's the yeah, trip, exactly. It's the trip to Skywalker Ranch. Okay. Okay. That well, would draw any really yeah, yeah. anyone who's going to buy this drink. That's sure. what draws them to this drink. It's, it's really because really they don't accept visitors at Skywalker Ranch right now. It's right. Zero. So that's what they're saying. This is it. That, this, yeah. is, this this drink is your ticket to it's, Skywalker that. Ranch. It's like the, it's like those those apps that wow. people bought that cost to like a thousand dollars so that you can say, "Hey, I own this thousand dollar app." It's like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, look, I bought a five thousand dollar drink. Let's 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 YouTube it. Two point five million. What is this? The Hope Diamond? Three point nine. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> it's so well, big. He's so two point five. You could afford it, but three point nine. I could afford it, but at least I'd, it's easier for me to afford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer. <laughs> wow. 
And what so, yeah. kind of crystal is it made of? Is it is it's it's an actual it's kyber an actual, crystal? No, it's, it's an actual it's, crystal. It's quartz. Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's My guess is one of the other fine gems yeah. and jewels. I'm going to find a picture. Crystal. Of she used like. to be one of the escorts <laughs> for the, the, the $5,000 dream. It's and, made of meth and it's blue like uh, from Breaking Bad. Crystal yeah. to the stage. Crystal. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh. really? Just Tanzanite. <laughs> Tanzanite would be fine, but it's still not worth it. I can't imagine a rock that okay is it is it just covered in in gems that would it would have to be Dwayne Johnson covered in gems for it to <laughs> yeah. be that fucking expensive because i mean he's you one of the highest walk. paid actors it would be the kim covered you know, oh, you'd have to like crystal. walk out of this store looking like mr t hey that's so it looks some like a giant diamond necklace yeah. but it's a giant crystal that's necklace. some bridgerton shit right there <sighs> yeah it's it's, it's just like a giant diamond it, like with a picture of Cinderella. This is great radio right now. The story now. is yeah. giving oh, me the that. jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. This this article I just found the picture in is like We could great. retitle Looking this. for something to splurge on yeah. during your next Disney vacation? <laughs> we could retitle no. this shit for stupid jerks. <laughs> Oh, so you could take that necklace and you could throw it in the ocean like that old woman from Titanic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There My you favorite go. commercial for the longest time was when she jumped over the ledge and went and got it and then sold it. Yeah, hawked <laughs> it. I would absolutely adore it if someone bought it and chucked it. <laughs> it would just make my life. But see, that's that's somebody that's got fuck you money yes. and it's just... That that would incense me even more. Yes, because they could have done something yeah. actually good yeah. with that money. And exactly. They did, they you know, literally just threw it away. It's like Todd wins the lottery, and you know he goes to the accountant, and he's like, "So how much after taxes?" And they're like, three point nine million. And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> choices made." <laughs> did I say choices? I meant choice. <laughs> The wife just hangs her head in shame. No, she would hang my ass entirely. <laughs> hang his ass in shame. She'd go to the lawyer first to make sure everything yes. was good. Yeah. Bar me from ever making a financial decision again. Uh, I mean, let's be clear. If you bought the $5,000 cocktail, the same result would happen. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Really? She wouldn't be all like, Skywalker wrench, Skywalker wrench, yay. Nope. <laughs> First, she cracked the very fancy glass over my head and said, that was worth it. Mm. I hope that someone who really knows cocktails actually buys this thing and tastes it and re- and YouTube's recreating it with reasonably priced ingredients. You so know, I can actually taste the drink. Frankly, just given that information, you could probably just yeah. do that. So what we got? Yeah. Uh, cognac, uh, yuzu... Uh, Yuzu extract is easy to get. It doesn't yeah. actually say though, like the, the flavor profile or the quantities. So there's four ingredients, right? There's four ingredients, but cognac grand marnier, which are pretty sweet. Yuzu, no, so it's, it's, it's grand marnier quintessence. It's not. It's not that. It's a more expensive grand marnier. I mean, it's not like ridiculously expensive, but no, just it's like not something. Yeah, Pappy is a more expensive yeah, other bourbon. Exactly. So, right. so you just break it down to its. Base levels, mix it together. There you go. So it's yeah. a cognac drink, really. But you and you yeah. do the the shots like a boiler maker. You just bloop, 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 and then drink. <laughs> and drop it in a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the in the in the big well, the, drink. Well, I'm just trying to think because like the problem with with especially Grand Marnier is like each level has a different flavor profile. Like 1880 
Grand Marnier yeah. 1880 has a completely different profile than regular Grand Marnier. Oh, when it's mixed, but when it's mixed, yes, even when it's mixed, yeah. because like uh, 1880 <laughs> is a drier style of Grand Marnier, it's and then one that's more like citrus. And yeah, Contessence yeah. is even more aged, so it's a lot smoother. At and, some point, there's diminishing returns. You'll spend a thousand dollars on something, and then you'll spend five thousand, but there's a plateau there, you know. Uh, I want to get and if Barry as close sells as ten plaques. <laughs> We could afford this. Thing. No, <laughs> I mean, shoot, I've had I've had Louis the Thirteenth, and it's it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, so but it's good, at the same but it's, time, you're mm-hmm. tasting it. You're like, I would I would love to drink this again, but it's not worth the amount of money. No, it's I, not. I think you could get reasonably close to this drink. Yeah, for under and I'm talking actually buying the bottles to make the drink. Yeah, for uh, under thousand, under one hundred fifty. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. Easily. Cognac, Grand Marnier, Yuzu, and something else. Now, is it going to be exact? Kumquat. No. Kumquat. But is it going to be close? Yes. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> dumb and dumb, anger inducing. Dumb, dumb. Skywalker Ranch. Deb, do you have anything else to kill that our... That is our, it. Yes. <laughs> our good mood. And port and gin and, and bourbon. This is, what the... So one last thing. <laughs> Are you going to drink all those in one shot? No. <laughs> Or not? They pour it for you. There it is. You got to drink all of Which it. Which follows? Do you do the a sip of the drink and then a shot, or a shot and then you a don't sip of the shoot drink? anything? Yeah, none of those are none of shooting. These are sh- you Shots are for children. Well, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna shoot them. That's his five thousand dollars. He can That's do what right. he wants. Yeah. You can say, uh, can, I get, can I get a little Dr Pepper back here? Thank you. <laughs> no, it's really funny. I was at a party and somebody brought up and this this is like good stuff. You wanna you wanna you're gonna enjoy this and she brings in a little shot glass. If it's in a shot glass, you know what to do. Yeah, and, and so she, we toasted, and I went, whoop, and she went, uh, well, you're supposed, oh, okay. Then why'd you bring it in yeah. a shot glass? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just like, hey, what's going on? Wine glass, brandy snifter. These are proper sipping Brandy yeah. snifter. Yeah. I had yeah. one when I was a kid. I had, our, so funny, too, because I drank our iced tea out of it. Oh, yeah, man. Boy, guests would really freak out <laughs> when they would see nine-year-old Kirsten with a brandy snifter and a smoking jacket and a a long cigarette (laughs) Uh, that actually (laughs) brings up a funny memory just recently we had uh, a guy that wanted this really elaborate like iced coffee liqueur drink and I'm not even talking like a you know like a regular like a Cartagio or anything like that he wanted an iced coffee, and then he wanted all these other things. So we 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 went out, we did it, and the bartender's like, "Oh, we're gonna put it in a snifter. It'll look nice. It'll be." Get to the table, and he's like, "Oh, thank you so much. Can I get a straw?" And I about lost my shit because you don't put a straw in a fucking snifter. But he wanted a straw really bad, and I'm like, oh. "Loser." And it's just one of those things. Like my bartender spent a lot of time putting How this much thing did he together. Pay for that beverage. I mean, it, it was all, it was like a twenty dollar drink. It wasn't like super expensive, but it was just the amount of time that my bartenders put into making it, you know, the right flavor profiles yeah. and mixing it right, and then getting it so that it wasn't watered down. With a beautiful the beautiful presentation. Coffee. Yes, so the presentation, and there's a straw in it. And I was Can like, I get some ice in my Opus One? Oh my god. <laughs> 
you, you joke, but somebody has actually done that before. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no, dude. People people will put ice in wine that I'm just like, I, I, I literally want to take the bottle, hit him over the head with it. I'm like, it's like you just spent $400 on a bottle of wine and you're going to put fucking ice in it? These are the people who order their steaks well done. Oh, well, yeah, God, don't even get me started on that You want that ice one. chilled. I don't know, man. I want a flaming yawn well done. No, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> How about you just take the sirloin and you're better off than just... Why don't you go order a fucking hamburger downstairs (laughs) in the food court? Oh, dude. Yeah. Or they order the hamburger there. Yeah. Uh, I did a a gig for the MGM one Mm -hmm. time at the Chateau... Not Chateau, the Beverly... the Bel Air, whatever the fuck. Big ritzy what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They opened up the restaurant for us, the characters, Mm -hmm. to have lunch before we did the gig. And so there's one guy. He's smart. He orders the shark steak. I got a steak steak. And then the other three are like, I don't know. I don't understand the man. Can you have hamburger? And he's like, yeah, we can do a hamburger. And then the other one was like, yeah, I think I'll do a hamburger. (laughs) And three of us. This was free. It was a free meal, right? Yes. What? Free. Was a hamburger even on the fucking menu? Uh, no, but it was. <laughs> it it it's one of those Beverly Hills things where you know, like in in Get Shorty, where he comes in and orders the omelet, even though it's not on the menu, so they make it. That's yeah, aggravating. They they mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, we can make you ham, and it it was a damn good looking hamburger. I bet actually. it was great. Yeah, it was. But it was like you guys. He really did. He honestly got the shark. <laughs> And you're getting a burger. <laughs> it was just amazing. That reminds me. Of, okay, so there is a, a steakhouse in town called Old Homestead. It's on the Strip. They have a, a $41 burger. It's a, it's a real Kobe beef burger. Like Wait a they, minute, they where import. Is this? Uh, it's at Caesar's <laughs> Palace. It's Old Homestead Steakhouse. It's basically, there's, a, there's an old homestead in New York. It's one of the older steakhouses okay. in New York, but this is, um, you know, they're paying to use the name, I guess. Anyway, this is a $41 burger. It's a Kobe burger. Mm. And uh, I knew a guy that used to work there, and he was telling me about it, and he said, you would be amazed the number of times. Like, we fly this the, the Kobe beef in from Japan. It's mm. real Kobe beef. Oh, right. wow. It's never frozen. Like, they, they ship it, like, overnight. You know, they, they prep all the beef there in-house. And it's, mm. it's single-source beef. It's not like, you know, you're blending a whole bunch of other, you know, ground beef like you would do with a lot of it. So... There's a lot of love and care that goes into this burger. He said, you would not believe the number of times people order this burger and they want it well done. And he is just like, every time he ta- he said, I, when, when I worked there, every time I would take that order and somebody would order that. And and I'm wow. like, we cook that uh, medium rare to medium. And then like, oh, no, I have to have it well done. And, and he would just like cringe. Well, I'd be w- like, so order something else. Yeah, I would do that just to just to watch the sh- server kind of <laughs> shrivel, shake, you know, just to watch that internal. Ah! And then I'd be like, no, rare. And then, knock it over the head and bring it on out. To top it all off, they wouldn't read the menu about this burger. Oh, so they get the bill and they're like, forty-one dollars. No, no, no. They, the price, <laughs> the price didn't bother them. They don't read that it doesn't come with side dishes. So the burger would come out and they'd be like, "Where are my fries?" <laughs> oh man! I'm like, forty-one bucks in order to get some yeah. fries, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of attitude <laughs> that like, he was just like, "Sir, I yeah." Sir, like, do you know what Kobe beef is? Yeah. Yeah, he played for the Lakers. He was in Italy for a while, right? Uh, but it's, it's shit like that. Like when you have a premium item like that, it's just 
Wow. Anyway, sorry, I got completely off topic, but that was it food just, shock, it ladies just and gentlemen, oh, popped this, into my brain. Hey, we do food story. shock any day you want, man. This has been goddamn painful. <laughs> we got a little time left to do some weekend geek. Hey! The creators of Stranger Things, Matt and Ross Duffer, have launched Upside Down Pictures. And they have several projects in development for Netflix. Hopefully, it's all the things they're canceling. <laughs> yeah. They've hired Hillary Levitt to run the production company. She has helped develop shows over the years, such as Orphan Black, Ozark, uh, The Great, and Shining Girls. Uh, the Duffer Brothers said the new company will be, quote, guided by the goal to create the kind of stories that inspired them growing up. Stories that take place at the beautiful crossroads where the ordinary meets the extraordinary, where big spectacle coexists with intimate character work, where heart wins out over cynicism, unquote. Uh, Scalziism, I guess. Right? Yeah, really. Yeah. What's that called? Hope Punk? Squee! Hope Punk. Uh, Squeecore. Squeecore, okay. Uh, the shows they're currently developing include a series adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel, The Talisman, which the Duffers are developing with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment and Paramount Television. Quote, it's much more fantasy. It has sci-fi. It has horror elements and it has a lot of heart. It has everything that we love and it's got the best werewolf character, I think, ever, unquote. Werewolf. A new live action series adaptation of Death Note. Their castle. The Japanese manga and anime series originally written by Sagumi Oba. The story focuses on a teenager who discovers a black notebook that gives him supernatural power over death by writing a person's name in the book. The teen becomes intoxicated with power as he decides to cleanse the world of undesirables as a law enforcement team tries to stop him. Didn't they do a movie? In uh, yeah, Netflix did yeah, produce a did. film in 2017. Uh, but this series is going to be a new adaption uh, that's going to cover the entire manga series. Not just a stripped down version, and frankly, just an okay movie. Mm. Uh, an original series from creators uh, Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews, who did uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. And also a new stage play set within the world and mythology of Stranger Things, produced by UK-based stage producer Sonia Friedman, Je uh, Stephen Daldry, and Netflix. Uh, Daldry, whose credits include The Crown, Billy Elliot, and The Reader, will also direct. And then there's the live-action Stranger Things spinoff series for Netflix based on an idea by the brothers. So that's what's in line for this new production company. So if you're into Stranger Things and you like how it's done, eh, here's what's next. Yay. And who isn't into Stranger Things? You, you, yeah. You just sit oh, on yeah. your left hand and make it make it numb. <laughs> well, then it... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirsten. <laughs> it was just like the look on your face. It was like the, like the, the wash of realization. <laughs> it was like, like that split second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Acting. John Williams will reportedly let his upcoming musical score for the fifth Indiana Jones movie stand as his last. Mm -hmm. In an interview with Associated Press, the 90-year-old composer says, quote, At the moment, I'm working on Indiana Jones 5, which, <laughs> which Stay a while and listen. who is quite a bit younger than I am, I think has announced it will be his last film, uh, Williams told AP. So I thought if Harrison can do it, then perhaps I can also. 
Uh, Williams also said he intends to keep composing music after Indy, though it likely won't be for the big screen. With five Academy Awards, a total of 52 Lifetime Oscar nominations, Williams' work has set the musical mood for a multi-generation of films, including Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Minority Report, Hook, AI, Artificial Intelligence, Space Camp, Superman, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and, of course, Jaws. And this is only the genre oh, highlights. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we did, like, so during COVID, we... When like during lockdown of COVID, we were doing trivia night with a bunch of friends every Thursday because some of us used to do trivia at a bar. You couldn't do that. And so we would take turns writing the trivia. And we followed the um, the Geeks Who Drink. It's Geeks Who Drink. That's the format, yeah. Yeah, so the company, they run a lot of like a bar uh, trivia nights and stuff. And their format is really interesting. So the, the rounds are all very different from each other. It makes it more int- like intriguing, I think. Anyway, we did one, Barry and I, the whole round was John Williams music. And it was, we played like 15 seconds. You had to guess which movie score it was. Wow. Some of them were difficult. Some of them really were. Obviously, we threw in a couple of like the, okay, you know, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You really know that one. Harry Potter was another one we threw in. But there was a couple that were like, ooh, I don't know. Wait a minute. And then. Was Williams Harry Potter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. If you, li- if you listen to Geek Shock, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell listens to that? <laughs> he, he didn't alert. say it, so he wasn't listening. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So, um, but it would, oh, his music just, that's like my childhood. Like, oh, yeah. Score. I, I loved listening to scores of films. A lot of, I didn't really get into like the soundtracks that actually had word type music to it until I was like older. When I was a kid, if I got the soundtrack, it was the score soundtrack and john williams was love like it just hearing that music just memories of this where i was when i first heard that or the time i went to see it with you know these friends like that's just pops into my head i used to buy a lot of soundtracks as well the thing that always bothered me about soundtracks was sometimes they'd splice in bits of the movie Mm. in the soundtrack i'm like why would you put that there? Don't now I never, have to skip that crap. They never do that on John Williams. Yeah. Oh, no, they never. never do it on the scores, but like the soundtracks of oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hated that. John Williams is one of the, the few, like just a handful of composers that are a consensus uh, brilliant uh, composer. I mean, mm-hmm. like like everybody agrees that he's he's top of the game. Um, I mean, when I, you think of movies, yeah. there's very few with memorable themes, right? Yes. Like when you hear it, you're like, "Oh, I know what that movie." Well, not just and memorable he has themes. so many of them. Yes. But it's not just the themes. Like it's, I remember when Jurassic Park came out. Yeah, I bought the soundtrack. I went and saw it one time, and then I went to summer camp, and I had the soundtrack. And I just remember listening to it at night, trying to go to sleep, mm-hmm. and visualizing every scene of the movie oh, yeah. that I was listening to. Well, Spielberg, I, I, I forget the exact quote, but. He he says something to the effect of, you know, I'm a mediocre filmmaker, but Williams' scores have made my films a thousand times better. Oh yeah. I mean, and I mean, he's selling himself short because he's a fantastic Absolutely. visual Absolutely. Uh, composer as far as far as Spielberg, but the way that Williams' scores blend in with his visual style really evokes the emotions that he's going for oh, yeah. in each scene. Um, and I can think of only maybe two other composers, uh, you know, you know, the, the, Sorry, only, the, the only 
the only criticism I could possibly give to William's legacy, and you just kind of said it, Jeff, is that that sort of led to the overscoring yeah. of movies where every single fucking scene has music. True. Just constantly. And a lot of times it's precisely there to tell you what to feel, to tell you what to, you know, how to experience the scene. So, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't blame Williams for that specifically, but I think it definitely, his effect. I got a soundtrack. It was really funny. Uh, the movie Zulu from the 60s, they had this uh, great made-up uh, opera song that's kind of like a, kind of like a traditional Welsh choir song uh, called Men of Harlech. And I, I, um, and I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. I'll pick this up. And it actually was a compilation soundtrack disc of a number of different movies because back then the damn soundtracks were so fucking short, you could actually put three or four or five movies on one album, on one LP, as opposed to like Empire Strikes Back, you know, which is a double LP yeah. or something like that, because they're just so big now. They're so huge. And it's just because I, I think I think Phantom Menace was the first time I was just like, Jesus Christ, everything has got music. There's fucking everything. Well, that was also Lucas wanted a theme for every character. Yeah. And, you know, you every can't character's be, moment. Yeah. I mean, you know. You can't fault Williams for doing what the director well, asked right, him no, to no, do. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not But going, I get what like you're I saying. Said, like I said, I don't think it's no, Williams. It's, but, it's Williams' but fault. But Williams, I think it's his capacity to really evoke the emotion, emotion of yeah. a yes. moment. To look at the scene and go, oh, I know what I want. Uh, I know exactly what I want and to do. And this should sound just like this. Right, yeah. exactly. It should sound just like this. That's a perfect way to put it. And now it's just like everywhere and everybody does it. And it's like, holy crap. I mean, I love a good soundtrack album, but watching the movies, it, sometimes I get exhausted with all the fucking music. You're yeah. just not used to that many emotions at once. But that's, I would say that's really what it comes what am down I, to. Barry? <laughs> I don't know though. I, I think a lot of other composers, um, in some of the films where they try to do that, the sounds are super repetitive, but to a way where it's just kind of like annoying. Where it's like this yeah. is the same song mm -hmm. with a slightly different, mm -hmm. you know, tone from, or from movie, instrument or from tune. movie to movie. Jeff will tell you watching a movie with Vernon. As oh, he just oh editorializes on the soundtrack, and he'll just, especially like James Horner, yeah, he'll just be like, "Yeah, Horner used this first time in blah 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 movie," and oh yeah, here he, here's Horner, he's uh, plagiarizing himself from blah 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 well, blah. Yeah, blah. and the <laughs> composers have a certain style that makes it distinct that you're like, "Oh, that's exactly who this is." Yeah, hmm. um, they use but, the same instruments kind of over and over. Some of them do. Where there's some like Bear McCreary who you can't recognize his stuff from God, one thing love to another. the motherfucker. Yeah. Amazing. Let me ask you this, Kirsten. Or Junkie XL. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Kirsten. Jaws being one of your favorite movies, mm. is that the same movie without the Williams soundtrack? It's not. Oh, definitely not. Because... Yeah. It, but it's it, also not music from goddamn stem to stern. Well, but there's See very... See what I did there? The, <laughs> there are very few scenes, though, in that movie where his score is not present. Or at least subtly present. 
some of the exceptions would be the 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 drinking and singing scene. I would say boat. Close but, Encounters of the Third Kind is very much like that too. Yeah. Yes, Close it's, it becomes very subtle in certain areas where you don't generally perceive that the mute, that the score is mm-hmm. being performed because it's being very subtly worked in. But well, yeah, sure. but it wasn't. Well, he didn't always do that. Like Lost in Space. I mean, Williams aside, I, I think that a composer uh, works at their best when they themselves hide. Yeah. I think the perfect example of a composer that when they're doing a film, you have no idea who it's them until you see the credits is Danny Elfman. You can't tell a Danny Elfman score <laughs> ever no. until you you either it's like oh I did that, that was Elfman. I, it, it went bump 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 instead of bump 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 bump. So it, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> that was your way to say, moving on. That's my way to say, oh, what's your alphabet? Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank our footlong chili dog tier two members, John B., Mike M., Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, Dave Highbriar, and Two is One. And of course, our Fireball Whiskey tier four members, King Vol, Deb T., David Farrar, and our Buckfest and Haggis tier five members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, and Glumley. And of course, once again... Thank you, King Vald, for your, Again? frankly, weekly wow. uh, extra donation. Damn. Uh, and thank, thank you, you, King Vald, for reporting the terrible news about HBO. You didn't hear about oh. this, did you? No, what? Uh, HBO pulled b- the Befarners. What? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, it's, it's, is that worldwide or just in... It's Discovery just yanking stuff as they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Motherfucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of things are disappearing off Captain HBO King Max. was put out because it, 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 uh, it almost sounded like paranoid conspiracy because he's like, they're pulling all the Nordic shows, which is... <laughs> it's like some, they're yanking I still think that's shit. crazy because I remember how excited some of the industry professionals were that Discovery was was buying Time Warner Media, and now they're all like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> they're like getting rid of everything. Like people that people that work for HBO at, or at Warner Brothers proper are just like, we don't know what's going on. Did we, we had all these projects that were, were greenlit, that like ready to go into a, to, to actual production. We've finished pre-production, and now we don't know where we're at. Like we don't know if we're going to go forward and actually make this project, or if we're gonna be shelved oh, that pisses me off it reminds me of this stupid the, british show that we got into oh, oh yeah ooh, about ooh. like the the world essentially like this huge kind of disease plague or and it kills like 99 percent of the population and it they we did two seasons and the second season ends in this huge cliffhanger oh no and then we find out that they canceled the show after and, that we were careful about they british had canceled shows. the show so this was back in the day when bbc america was showing stuff like two seasons after yep. it had aired in England. So if we had just read online about the show, we would have realized before we even started watching the damn thing that it was canceled. I'm like, why would you bring this brand new show and advertise this brand new show and it's already fucking canceled? Did yeah. we finish the Beforeners? The we season? finished season two. Okay. Yes, and it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. With the thing that yes. I was really excited about. With the thing that happens. <laughs> the thing. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> no. The thing. I the thing with the stuff. And nowadays, which happens more often than not, is maybe another... You know, place will pick it up and make it. Yeah, Sounds like Deb and Barry are going to set sail for Tortuga. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. With Vlarg. And Deb. That worked well. We'll talk to you next week in Geek.
finally something worked out. I don't think Barry deserves the with though. Well, shut your dirty and, mouth. And it also makes it sound like with Vlarg and Deb. Yeah, you know, which is <laughs> we're not tandem together. Yeah, no, no, totally our own shit. So don't do that. <laughs> okay. No, when when Deb goes out with her friends, Barry and I go get dinner. Yeah. Yeah. We get tacos. That's what you say. Tacos. Yeah, tacos. Tacos and something. margaritas. Oh, that barbacoa was That so was good. good. That, that was, was so good. Was There's really a place good. in Vegas called Tacos and Beer. Guess what they serve? Tacos and beer. And the tacos were delicious. And pictures of margaritas. Yes, with the strawberry wood. I thought it? it was tacos and beer. Yeah, screw that. Anyway. Uh, they. It was... Uh, it was like some kind of... Uh, strawberry something. Chili... Chili uh, rhubarb... It was well. It was what? like fresh strawberry puree, and then they also had uh, a chili, chili. Uh, green chili tequila, and then yeah, it was just it was good. And apparently, it's owned by the same company that owns Firefly. Okay, that I didn't know. We only knew that because we went to Firefly this last weekend, and they had a thing they're doing like a gift cards cross deal, promotion, ah. and it was the gift card was good for Firefly or tacos and beans. Oh, oh nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, real quick, I want to go back. I I do the whole soundtrack thing. Uh, Deb, I understand as a kid how important music that what that the soundtrack was. The very first, I remember I, the first soundtrack I ever got, uh, I was probably about seven or eight, and I saw it at the store and I'm like, I had to have it. And uh, it was Spaced Out Disco featuring Star Wars and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Close Counters of the Third Kind. Uh, but did you was ever awesome. own the wrestling album? Uh, no, because I'm not a douche. Oh, I yeah. owned it. I owned so, it. We had records, mind you, of the Smurfs. I think it was like a Smurfs Christmas record. Nice. Sure, sure. And we had a couple of Disney ones. Obviously, everybody did the Disney ones. And we had... Not everybody. What? Not everybody. So, did you not, growing up, have the Disney cassettes, the stories, like the Winnie the Pooh story, or there was actually lots of Winnie the Pooh stories, um, shorts, but they would be audiobooks on tape. We had mouser size. That's all I remember. I, I had 45s. From the womb, a fully grown man. No. Uh-huh. I had 45s. Well, we I 45s. also had records. Yeah. And my parents still, I don't know which one of them has it now, but we had the original uh, Star Wars soundtrack on vinyl. Had it. It was amazing Wish on I vinyl. Yeah. Um, some Beatles records on vinyl. We just yeah. had Shirley and Squirrely. Who? Christian chipmunks. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> you mean like music machine? Music oh. machine. It's, it's like, like no, no other, other gadget that you ever seen. What's happening right now? Whatever you want to <laughs> sing about. Put, put something, something in it and a song comes out. What the hell is this? Wow. That sounds good. Look familiar. it up. Google it. Boy, and I don't want to. You two doing that in the stereo around Barry, I think I could see him turning Christian before my eyes. <laughs> uh, I need a shower. Where where chicka chicka bomb bomb where where chicka chicka bomb bomb what is this where chicka chicka bomb bomb I'm never going to Kansas.